Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is episode number 77 of the Audible Farm podcast, and this week's episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa. You can check it out at www.couchtowncoffee.com. Go to their Facebook page, give them a like, and you can check out this coffee for yourself. They will ship it to your house. It is amazing. It is made to order. It is roasted uh, directly for you. Uh, they're not roasting giant batches and then shipping them out. So whatever you ask them for, that's what they're roasting, especially for you. So that's really cool. I want to give a shout out to those guys and they want to give a shout out to everybody listening by offering you guys 20% off your order. And all you got to do is let them know that audible farm sent you and give them the code word moment of clarity. That's what I'm going to do the code word. It's going to be like three words actually, but that's what it is. You save 20%, enter the code words, Moment of clarity, and that's uh, that's going to save you 20% on your order. So www.couchtowncoffee.com, check it out, find a coffee you like, make an order, send them an email, let them know Audible Farm sent you and save 20%. Why is this week's code word, moment of clarity? I'll tell you what, uh, Jack Hansen's joining me. Uh, I've never met Jack before. This is a really fun episode. We sit down, we really get to know one another, and we talk about not just music, we talk about life, we talk about all sorts of things. The lessons we've learned, how much we've grown, uh, how far we've come as human beings. It's kind of cool. So I want everybody to check this episode out. It's it's really fun. It's a long one, but if you guys like the longer ones, I know there's some people out there that just love the longer episodes. It gets them through their days. So here you go. This is a long one made just for you. We sit down, we talk about music, we talk about the things we've learned while playing music uh while just being alive and traveling and and doing all the things we do so it's really cool to have jack on here talking about his new album his new album is called jack off the record moment of clarity so i want everybody to check that one out as well it's available anywhere you can find it online i've got links down below america sure he also plays in america sure and they got a show coming up so there's plenty of opportunities come check it out because jack is going to be playing his acoustic stuff on the front end of that show so check it out Lots of stuff coming up. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's episode number 77 with Jack Hansen. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. All those stickers over there? Those are yours, buddy. These are all mine. Yep. That's all what, that's, for me. That's the only way I've got to say thank you uh, okay. for, for doing this. <laughs> I mean... Uh, the real thanks goes to you, though. No, um, oh man. it's uh, I appreciate it. Believe it or not, Like I'm glad you put a feeler out, because almost everybody that puts one out, I'm just like, come talk to me. Let's figure out what you're doing then. Yeah. Because I have a hard time finding guests. So Really? Believe it or not, I that's why I do the whole, like, I'll come to you. I got like a... Got like a little carry-on airplane carry-on bag. I just stuffed all this portable recording stuff in there, and I'm like, I can just come to you with a little two-track recorder, and we can sit in your, you know, your house. I try to make it as convenient as possible, and it's it's tough. But uh, yeah. I I have a hard time believing that you. Um, I I find it unbelievable that you you have a hard time getting people on podcasts. Um, the guy that I just recorded uh, my album with, actually, um, Brandon Nelson, uh, IFE. Um, Studio B515 for you listeners out there. If you're looking for a good place to get some recording done, no matter what genre, um, good place to reach out to. But he's got a ton of artists that would be interested in, in being on this podcast. You know, dude, dude, that's cool. Yeah. So I can get you plugged in with him and and uh, um, get the ball rolling there. Oh heck yeah, so, man! If you so desire, um, dude. You know it wouldn't hurt. I mean, 
I I used to get a lot of contacts and it was too many to keep up with. Oh, speaking of which, I better say it now since I'm going to edit in somewhere here. But I'm sitting down with Jack Hansen. <laughs> Jack, what is up, man? What I'm is just, going on? Yes, I mean I will have announced you in the intro, but this is official. Uh, Jack Hansen sitting down with me, and uh, yeah, man. I mean I've talked to a lot of people about doing the podcast, but I'm really glad you put the feelers out and said, hey, you know, I uh, put out an album. You should see what it's all about. And I. You know, it's kind of crazy because I clicked on the f- profile and I'm like, I know this guy. I've seen you in America, sure. Yeah, so, we've we played some shows together. Yeah, so you know? it, it was one of those things where it's like, I, though we had never met, really. and uh, Never formally. No, and I don't even think we were Facebook friends. But, nope. Uh, uh, that's my, speaking of which, I better say that too. Like, I'm super guilty of not friending people on Facebook because it's like, I don't know who you are, you know? And yep. I don't, it's weird, but uh, shoot me a message. I probably will friend you. There's some people yeah. that have figured that one out, but uh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, either way, it, uh, you shot me a message and it was like, hey, you know, I'll uh, I'll totally have you on. And uh, first and foremost, let's talk about this this album thing you got going on here. Because I, I looked it up on Spotify last week. I started listening to it. Acoustic stuff, but punky stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm real heavily influenced by, by punk rock music. Um, I kind of found a home there, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, I, I don't want to say... Um, that I was outcasted. I had, a, I had a great group of friends, um, but we all kind of like we weren't the popular kids, but we were popular to us. Yeah, you know, we had a very vast friend group, and and we kind of at the time all had found punk rock music. There was a a, a couple buddies of mine owned Caffeine Rush Entertainment, um, and that was in Fort Dodge, and okay. we all kind of plugged in to them, and we all had these punk bands. Um, found a real home in punk rock music and uh kind of being the quote unquote misfits or whatever um so we like i said we weren't the popular kids but we were popular like to us you know what i yeah, mean we, we found a home with each other you know yeah uh i mean you and i are close to the same age i'm sure it's around the same time scope like we were when i was growing up i played in a punk band in high school and it was kind of the same concept it was like not by any means were we the cool kids, but we were just doing what we were doing. And kind of by virtue of that, it kind of was just like, ah, these guys are doing something, you know? And, yeah. And it, it didn't make us cool. It was just, you know, something neat going on. And, and people actually kind of took to it to a, to an extent, you know? Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the punk rock influence from that uh, late 90s, early 2000s swing of pop punk that kind of came in, that I think that influenced a lot of people around yeah. our, our genre, uh, time, you know, age group that, you know, influenced us to go into genres thusly yeah i mean uh you can find a lot of people like that but this one intrigued me because it's acoustic yeah yes so what what kind of drew you to do an acoustic take on all these kind of things um as all of the songs that i these are all songs that that i wrote um with an acoustic guitar in hand okay and i haven't um i don't want to say i haven't taken the time um, because I do play in Americature and we make Jared Harp's music come to life and, and that's fulfilling on its own level. But I've also been a songwriter for so long that um, I've never recorded an album mm-hmm. of my own material. I've recorded like tracks with a full band. Mm-hmm. I've recorded like one of my songs by myself as a full band, um, just going through and tracking. But I've, I haven't ever had like a solid project to hold in my hand to say, this is my music. What do you think? And, um, it takes a lot. It takes yeah. a lot to record one track by yourself, um, with all the parts, like the drums, the bass, the backup vocals, the vocals, the guitars, it just takes time. And I wanted something solidified 
because a lot of the music that's going on in Humboldt right now and Algona and Fort Dodge and in the surrounding areas is a lot of acoustic stuff. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just threw caution to the wind and said, I'm just going to record a really raw acoustic album with my music because they were all completed songs. You know, I could take them to a number of people and, and get the help that I need to to complete the album. Mm-hmm. But I just, I, I needed to do it for me as well, you know, like um, yeah. to show myself that I could complete something on my own and um dude, that's kind of where i was at with it dude i totally get that too uh you get a little bit of the area influence of the fact that uh, acoustic guitars and guys in hand can go pretty much anywhere and and play a show and you've got i, I was crazy i looked at this album i was like holy crap there's 10 songs on here yeah yeah dude it's a full album it's not like uh little eps and stuff like that which nothing against that uh three finger buddies got an ep coming no i'm just kidding but put it out there yeah it's time to put it out there Uh, no always advertise (laughs) but this is crazy dude it was was 10 songs i've listened to the whole thing once through Uh, i got halfway through it again today before you stopped by and uh you know it's it's wild because each song is independent of the next song how long was this stuff you've been writing for a long period of time or was it stuff that you have just written over the last year or two or this is um something that's kind of been in the works for like there's a couple songs that i wrote when i was uh 24 okay and i'm 29 now so so over um, the course of five years then. over the course of five years um and I, I think like four or five of them uh five or six of them are are just new in the past like year and a half okay um i uh a couple of them I wrote out in Las Vegas. I oh. wrote I wrote Waiting and uh, Where I'm At out in Las Vegas. I was trying to get away from some, some demons that I was trying to slay. And uh, me and my buddy Rusty McIntyre had thrown them down uh, for the Jack Off the ICP, which can be found on SoundCloud and things like that. Uh-huh. Um, but as far as uh, how new the material is... Um, there's some old stuff on there. Yeah. There's some old stuff on there. Yeah, man. And I, I think mean, the, I think the first track on the album, actually, now that I think about it, I wrote when I was uh, 19. Oh, crazy. So, and it's, I really push more so than punk anymore because I've kind of become a lot less militant in my belief. And only uh, my, my buddy, Matthew Prince, who, who plays in a, in a band out of Iowa City, um, Bane Marie. Oh, but nice. He, he says, yeah, he, he says that uh, uh, I'm an elitist. And yeah. I've I've kind of dropped off of that so much, um, but I push for catchy stuff. I uh, want something that's gonna be stuck in the listener's head after two or three listens, dude. And <laughs> it's underst- cheap. It's cheap. Dude, but it's understandable listening to this stuff, though. Like it's uh, it is it does have that catchy factor because like um, when we were growing up, punk music would have been kind of more themed in like a happy, like a major key type experience where like a lot of stuff that was in the earlier time span seemed to be in like a minor-ish kind of setting. Yeah. So like it has that feel to it, but you still pull off like I'm playing uh, an acoustic guitar and it it almost feels like when you hear some punk songs, they're like, oh, there's this little blip in the middle of it that has a guy playing an acoustic. But I wish it was like the whole song like this. It's all of a sudden, boom, you have that with this album. It's it, it's cool. You know, it's it's not something that I would have ever you know thought of. I'm not much of a songwriter myself. You know, I uh, I don't write my own music too much. I I contribute to Three Finger Betty, but it's uh, mostly John's material there. So I, you know, it's every time I hear something like this and think like, man, I can envision you sitting down with yourself with an acoustic guitar, just writing all these songs and being like, 
these songs could be complete as they are now instead of trying to form a full band, which would have been a whole nother endeavor in itself. Yeah. And like I said, that's that's kind of the point that I reached with the album was um, I had this, uh, the schematic, if you will, for the album because it kind of follows a story. Um, uh, I, I have a real obsession with... Uh, with uh, um, I get my heart. I, I was getting my heart broken there a lot. Yeah, that's uh, so. There's a lot of songs about uh, about women on it, and um, I had just sprinkled enough of my personal struggles in throughout it that it can be kind of taken like is is are are the songs necessarily about females? And at the time I was writing them, I was going through these personal things, um, or is it about letting go of that? Is kind of where I was at to. Um, pull it all together you know mm-hmm. the moment of clarity is um doing what you have to do to get a better life yeah so yeah man um you know it's that's something i feel like has become a popular topic of conversation with a lot of people is trying to find some way to like find that clarity in your own life to to go to the next step to have a, a better life you know yeah. that's it's cool to attack this idea with an album but uh, you know speak to it with your own personal experiences kind of wrapped up in there and sprinkled in there plus the you know i really enjoy the fact that you said that uh is this really like a, a love song about a girl or do, does it have like a little bit of another meaning that's sprinkled in there with it you know because yeah. um I was listening to uh, somebody else talking about this topic, and they said that, you know, it's kind of cool if you listen to a lot of old love songs, uh, they actually have, like, all these double meanings in them. For example, like, uh, oh, God, I'm not going to be able to remember this song. Of course, yeah. But, but yeah, on the spot, I can't remember it. But, yeah, it was one of those deals where, like, uh, if this song might be about like, Oh, me and this girl, blah, blah, this, that, and the other, but it's like, Oh, this is actually about like rebuilding a car, you know, or something like that, yeah. you know? And it's, it's just, it sounds like it's a love song, but you know, I don't know. One of those kind of concepts. Yeah. Um, I'm trying now, now I got a, I, I got a couple songs going through my head now, of course, that, yeah. that follow that same, uh, like and swim through your fa- veins, like a fish in the sea. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of the song, but, uh, uh, f- Uncle Cracker. Uncle Cracker. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Um, oh man. I'm gonna get a lot of every, crap for remembering that one. Yeah. But every, still, that's a popular song, dude. Popular song. Yep. And uh, apparently, it was about his drug addiction. Oh, um, there you go. Yeah. Dude, I, there I you guess. go. Um, so, follow me, and everything is all right. I'll yeah. Be the one to tuck you in at night. Dude. Yeah. Okay. So I get the concept. I mean, there's a lot of songs like that. Uh, I mean, Megadeth had a couple. Um, uh, what would it be like in my darkest hour would have been one. I mean, that's just throwing it out there for Megadeth fans. It's not really a super popular <laughs> example. For this, Those of you that are listening. Yeah. For the three people that have ever listened to Megadeth <laughs> that are listening. Um, no, but, but seriously though, it's, it's a cool concept to actually sit down and write music on your own. I bet a lot of people write music on an acoustic guitar, sitting at home alone and then somehow translate it to another instrument, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, the struggle is real when it comes to wanting to, and, and, and people do it all the time. I guess it's really hard for me. Um, I am a drummer mm-hmm. and I oh. am a bit, ba- I am a bass player. Okay. Um, so for me to map everything out exactly how I want it was the point of having the songs done all the way. Cause I can, it's like, I have these songs now done and that's how I want them to be. So if I want to, I can sit down at a drum set and map out exactly how I want the drums to be. And that just, it takes time and it takes practice and playing in a band already 
and then trying to do work with Brandon at the studio and working a job and yeah. having a girlfriend and trying to find time for the family and do all the things that uh, we do to have a full and uh, complete life, you know. It's, it's tough to find a balance. So yeah, like exactly something's gotta give. I totally I totally get that. I gotta ask you, uh drummer first or guitarist? Like what did you pick up first? Or is it are you like some people where it's like I am I played the trumpet first? I I played the trumpet first. Okay. Um and actually um years before that, my I I remember my dad giving me and my sister uh um and my my brother piano lessons. Oh, cool. You know, so like I've dabble I dabble in all of them. I I I play five instruments and I sing and and I write music. That's um, cool. So I play drums, trumpet, piano, guitar and bass. Cool, man. That's uh and that's that's kind of like me except I don't play the piano well or the drums well <laughs> I, I, i'm not saying that i i play all of them well i couldn't pick up a trumpet and 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 make very good sounds come out of it for the first couple of months but um i played it for six or seven no when i was 11 and i quit school when i was 21 so yeah played it for 10 years and that's awesome yeah i mean it, it it's fun mm-hmm. it's cool but i i'm not practiced at all on it yeah in yeah. piano i like to just you know i know how a piano works i shouldn't yes. say like i'm a religious piano player but yeah. I, I i if you give me a piano i i know how keys work and i know how to shift and yeah and, and make cool sounds come out yeah when i first studied music theory actually like the only instrument it made any sense on to me was a piano because it's, it's like laid out. That's the only reason I know how a piano works. Yeah. It's because of music theory. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it's mind blowing. Like I couldn't believe it. You know, I was taking a music theory class when I was in high school and I was like, Oh, this, this makes sense now before mm-hmm. everyone's just saying numbers and steps and I don't get what you're talking about, you know, and this just maps it out perfectly, you know? Yeah. Um, so I guess if anybody's listening, you're having trouble with figuring out what keys and things like that are and steps and where the, you know, letters are and what scales. I urge you. Yeah. I urge you. You don't have to play a piano. You you just you can figure it out by looking at it and using yeah. it as a reference guide. Even that's what dawned on me. Actually, one night I was uh, or one day, whatever. I was sitting at at my piano. I was going over music theory stuff, and uh, it just all made sense to me. The circle of fourths and fifths. It all. <laughs> I, I just came. It was like all the lights came on on the piano, like working in keys and things yeah. like that, and how it all comes together and why it's important and. Yeah. I swear by it now. Yeah. I mean, there's people that will sit down and can't figure out how something works. I've I've seen it happen where it's just like they'll sit down with one instrument and be like, I can't figure this out. And then they'll hit it on a piano and then they'll go back to the instrument and be like, oh, this is how it goes. Yep. You know, and it's it's weird because sometimes those like uh, maps will stick with you. I finally was able to like, it's weird because you almost have to envision this theoretical thing in your brain while looking at this key, you know, that's in front of you. And it's so hard to like look at if you get used to it on a piano to look at a guitar and then be like, how does it work on here? But after a while you're like, Oh, this, these are the patterns that are, it would be on a guitar, you know, for whatever key you're in. And yeah, exactly. It starts to, starts to translate a little bit. It's kind of crazy. Yep. I mean, um, have, have you like, uh, always, you've always played instruments. You say your dad gave you piano lessons. Yeah. Was he like a musical guy as well? He was a musical guy as well. He was, uh, he's, he's kind of a seeker as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so he wanted, he was like me, he wanted to know why, why music is working the way that it is. Yeah. Um, you know, and 
I didn't understand it until I got into music theory, but he kind of said to me one day, he was, uh, you need to get into some music theory classes. Because mm-hmm. I didn't understand. I'd, I'd be playing the trumpet, and I'd go ask you know, my dad or the band director uh, at the time, Curtis Klein, would say, why does this accidental uh, work here, and why does it not work here Mm -hmm. you know like two notes later and he'd be like you're getting into things that i don't have time to explain to you yeah you know like you need to get into music theory if you want to know the answers of why certain uh accidental so if you're asking those questions out there right now you're asking the right questions. asking the right questions and um if you're interested enough music theory is definitely going to teach you how that works because i didn't believe in it yeah I, i i said people just write music to you know, they, they, they just play what sounds good. Yep. And I'm sure that some people do. Yes. But it turns out that if you have an interest in something, you desire for a deeper understanding. And a lot of the people that are out there, I know it's mind-blowing, yep. um, uh, they seek those answers. And there's, I don't want to say that there's rules to how everything works, but there kind of is rules. And how do you break them? And how do you make it sound good? And, yes, you know, so it was a real journey for me. Because like I said, I just thought that, you know, all these bands pulled this stuff out. Yeah, man. Uh, I, and that's, that's crazy. Cause I feel like that was where I started really getting into things that was almost too deep to understand, but you start to kind of figure out what's going on. It's tough to pull them off like on the fly, but like using things that it's like, um, I play a lot of blues and sometimes you find guys in blues where it's just like, why did you just suddenly go to a major, you know, stance there instead of a minor for a little while. And then you start to figure out, you're like, oh, because technically the chord is this. And if you wanted to play the major, it would be this. And that would that would actually fit technically, you know. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's weird because on the fly, it's tough to think about those things. But uh, if you sit, I, I'm one of those guys, if I sit down and figure it out, I can figure it out. And I feel like it's that curiosity you're talking about. Like, I wanted to know why, like, how could somebody sit down and write a thing for a whole entire orchestra? Like that just didn't make sense to me, you know? And then after a while you're like, generally speaking, they're just hitting these chords at these times and then traveling between those chords with these notes. And that's literally the general concept of what music kind of started out to be. So like after you started to figure that out, it sort of, well, why do some notes sound better with others? And that's, it's, it's cool, man. I, uh, I wish I understood it more. I wish I had the time to delve deeper into it, you know? Yeah. But, uh, did you take any classes on it or did you just like look it up online and kind of research it yourself or? I actually, uh, I have a general education, um, degree mm-hmm. only in music. I don't have oh. an associate's. Um, I don't have any type of degree actually, but I have an associate's degree worth of music classes from Iowa Central. I dropped out of literally every other class except my music classes. And it's not a point of pride. It's just, that's what I did at the time. The only thing that captivated me was music and, um, dude. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's crazy. I, uh, I, I, I love that people have that amount of like desire and pride to learn music. I, I've my my desires with music like I think you and I might have been talking before the podcast it kind of wavered a little bit like I was in a band in high school and then I didn't play much in my 20s I was busy with a whole bunch of other stuff but then I you know in my late 20s I kind of come back to it a little bit have you ever had anything like that kind of happen with you where you just kind of you're in the scene then you're kind of like eh, I'm out of the scene and um music has always since I started music um especially with the home and the bands that I kind of found, like with the punk rock, it's always been there. Like mm-hmm. I, I haven't taken a break from that. It's not like, uh, 
I've usually got a song in the works. I'm not saying that I pick up an instrument every day because I have horrible practicing habits and um but i've generally played in a band since that time you know oh, cool um and me and me and jared harp have we've played with each other for since i was 19 like That's- religiously like we played in a couple bands prior to that when i was like 17 but Ever since I was 19, we've played religiously together. And when we haven't played together, I've played with uh, Caleb Ferry and Alex Bird on a project. And, oh, cool. Um, there's been... Or, or I played with Jordan Reuter for a little bit. We didn't play any shows, but we would get together and, and jam out and, yep. and kind of show each other, you know, whatever we were working on. And, and um, yeah, or man. playing with Trevino and we, me and him, Patrick Burr, per se, would get together and Patrick would sit down at the set and I'd, I'd play guitar and Vino would play some bass. And, yep. you know, it's just kind of always been something that's been top priority for me, I guess, because uh, I'm not complete without it. Yeah. Um, I, I got a real void if I'm if I'm not playing music. And I haven't felt that void for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, plus it's such a huge outlet for what's going on for me emotionally. Um, mentally and emotionally that, uh, if I, if I don't have it going on, then I know that like I'm sicker than I, than I usually am. Yeah. Um, not that I'm in bad health, but just my mentality, you know, more people are out to get me or, or I totally get what you're saying. (laughs) Cause it's like, I'm, I have a job as like a professional, so I, I maintain a professional, uh, you know, standard with everybody I interact with. I do the podcast thing. I'm, I'm a generally a nice guy to everybody, but sometimes I just want to yell about some stuff. And that's kind of what the nice thing about being in a punk band is, is it gives me the opportunity to say some things that might be a little, you know, like, I oh, will say like this guy sucks or that guy sucks or like yay politicians or boo politicians or whatever, you know, whatever we're going to say. And you can just say it on stage and be like, there, got that off my chest. I feel a little bit better about it, you know, and it's, it's kind of nice because music does give me that ability to just give a little bit of an outlet for some of my angst, I guess you could call it, you know, it's, uh, get, lets you get out there and let it all kind of hang out. And, you know, have you ever taken any of this music and, and played it live anywhere? Uh, yeah, actually this, uh, this coming Saturday, um, we're playing a show at Rides Bar and Grill. Oh, cool. Um, America Cheers putting on a show. And of course, I, I can't think of the lineup. I, I could look it up right now, but. Yeah, man. Um, tell, you what, tell you what, I'll look it up. But yeah, yeah that's, lo- lo- that's, look that that's up rides, in, rides in Fort Dodge, though, right? Yeah, Rides in Fort Dodge. Um, Sweet. And then I'm going to be kicking off that, uh, that show with. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to play the whole album, Jack Off the Record, Moment of Clarity, but I know I'm going to play um, a handful of songs off there. That's cool, man. I, I just just pulled it up. You even got a Facebook event for it and stuff. So if everybody's out there, check out that Facebook event. That's coming up Saturday, March 7th, by the way, if anybody's uh, wondering what day exactly that is. Switchblade Saturdays, Pawn Shop Kids, The Ashberries. Um, Jack, you are going to be there as a Jack Off, and then Americature. So that's five bands. Uh, local Art's going to be there as well. Holy crap, this is going to be a good show. So uh, It's going to be a really good time. Dude, totally worth checking out. Uh, and I've been to Rides and actually seen you guys play once, I believe. Uh, We've played a couple of times there. Yeah, maybe uh, with TV Cop, I believe. With TV, yep, Boom. yep. So, I remember that show. Yes, that was a good show. Um, and actually, the Ashberries... Um, are getting back together for this show. I I don't know the last time that they played, but uh, I know that'll be 
that'll be a cool thing to watch. Uh, I believe Alex Alex Trevino, Riley Purd, and uh, Caleb Ferry are reuniting for this one. Cool. So, um, they've got an album out somewhere. I'm not sure where it's at, but uh, good music. Cool, man. Uh, that's... A, a group of good musicians playing this Saturday. So Yeah, dude. That's, I think, one of the coolest parts about uh, the more I jump into that Fort Dodge music scene. there's It's it's wild because there's enough of you guys around, and every one of you guys seems to be interested in just making music and curious about it that you are willing to just like play with anybody with... Uh, you know, no preconceived bias towards like, I'm, I don't play this genre and I don't, you know, this guy hangs out with the guy I don't like. I'm not going to play music with him. Y'all just kind of just hang out together and play music. And everybody's pretty positive about everything overall. That's like all I've ever seen. And it's kind of wild, you know, uh, uh, it's not like that's not the case around Humboldt, but Humboldt's small and there's not a lot of people where, you know, I hang my hat. So I don't have the opportunity to like, just call people up and be like, Hey, come over to my house and jam, you know, it yeah. doesn't happen too often. It's, uh, it's really neat that like, I mean, you were talking about it earlier, even, even you had done some of that, you know, as far as I've played in a band with this guy and these guys and this combination of people. And you've pretty much named a lot of people that I've even some, you know, I've talked to on the podcast, you know, I, it's a lot of people that are still making music and, and out there, it's it's pretty wild. Yeah, um, the, the, a lot of the people that are named off. I mean, um, I got the best group of friends any guy could ask for. I mean, we've been we've all been really tight for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, with or without the music, I guess. Yeah, um, you know, like uh, we we'd all be there for you know caleb ferry just got married and and mm-hmm. this just vast group of friends all all comes together you know and, and cool. celebrates in music you know they got instruments up on the stage and um celebrating uh lauren lauren caleb and mm-hmm. like i said i literally can could look around that room and i've played you know i've played in a band with uh laura klein's mother okay or, not mother uh father okay like we we had uh of course i can't uh um Scarborough Fair. We we me and Patrick Kelleher and Jacob Kinkner and um uh Curtis Klein, Joe Svensson and uh Mike Richardson and I'm trying to think Ryan Crowell, we all jump on for this talent show, play, played a real big fish cover. You oh, know? Cool. I mean it was really cool. Like uh Joe Svensson was the choir director and Curtis and uh and Mike Richardson were the were the band directors. I mean, what an experience. Yeah, you dude. know, we're playing for the the population of the high school yeah you know yeah. Uh, as we sound you know good yep it's that's the crazy thing is you know like um i don't play with uh i don't i don't want to say that anybody is but like everybody in my group of friends is is a good musician yeah like you know they and we push for each other to be better that's what it is and that's that's kind of the joy that uh you know there have been times I've been like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting pretty good. And I sit down with Caleb and, and, and Trevino again. And I'm like, I've still got work to do, Yeah, you know? And I sit down with Jared and, and we start to hash something out. It gives me something new and I can't quite do it. And by the end of the time we're writing the song, you know, I'm able to do this new thing I wasn't able to do before. That's exactly what we were talking about before the podcast was like, you can go see a band live and it's, you can be like, I can't do any of that. I would have never thought to do any of that. It's not that I 
I can't, but like currently right now, I've, I've never even seen that before. You know, yeah. and it's cool to see somebody doing stuff like that. And you're, it's, you can constantly be learning and having friends like that in the music scene is, is indispensable, you know, whether or not they play shows or not, or do you just want to like sit in a basement and hang out and jam? That's having somebody else there to learn from is indispensable. It doesn't matter who it is. You can always learn something from them. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I started giving lessons to people that are beginner guitarists just to kind of teach them the basics and, and uh, send them on their way. And it's, it's, it's crazy. Cause I, I will run into, I mean, even kids, adults, um, older people, and everybody has something that they're like, I'll, I'm going to borrow a little bit of something that you're doing that I noticed on this one song that might make it easier, you know, or, you know, Hey, maybe if you play it this way, it might work out. And it's like, I never would have thought about that, but you know, based on what I can see, it's uh, it's kind of crazy. A good example would be like playing an A chord. How do you play an A chord? Like an open A. I uh, hit use the three I, fingers. I use the three fingers. Okay. Yeah, when I'm playing. I, I, a... I got fat fingers, so I go two. Okay. But uh, you know, some people use the the first three, and some people use the last three. Yeah. So uh, this is you know that was like one of those things where you don't realize that until you hang out with somebody else. And you're like, oh, you do it this way. And that makes doing the change to this chord so much easier. And it's stuff that you don't ever think about until you watch somebody else doing it. And you're like, I get what you're doing here. And that's, I, I think that's kind of, uh, not, to, not to stray from the music side of things, but I think that that's a, a real life thing as well. Um, I'm not always right. Mm-hmm. Is is a big lesson I've learned in the past couple years. Is yeah. uh, it's not all about me. A and B. Uh, I'm not always right. Um, I need other people around me that have my best interest in mind to be able to point out the flaw in my thinking. Yes. Um, because facts aren't feelings. Feelings aren't facts. Bingo. Um, just because I feel like something is one way doesn't mean that that is the reality. Yes. And that's something I think that uh, a lot of people. Sh- including myself I'm, I'm not pointing the finger any direction but uh a lot of people do struggle with is they feel very passionately about something and um sometimes it's just not the fact yes um well i think a lot of it if i can like speak candidly even is like up until about five ish to seven ish years ago i had that same thing you know i got up to about 22 or three and i was just like dude the way i feel is the way everyone feels right and then after a while you're like no this is not not the case so vehemently not the case yeah and then it's it's this weird moment of like oh i it's exactly what you said these feelings i have might not be facts because somebody else might have different feelings and we could all be looking at the same set of facts so yeah that's uh one very important thing to remember uh i mean just i found that music translates to life so well too some of the lessons you learn uh work out so well with like i ask people like how did you get so good at doing this you know and uh, it comes up in almost every podcast and it's practice. I, I did it a bunch. I wanted to do it. You know, I had the desire and the curiosity and the passion, you know, yeah. and, and I, I put the time in and I did the thing and didn't make excuses. And now I'm this good, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of crazy. I, uh, that's, that works well, very well for life, you know, instead of just being like, I'm going to do this, just go out and do it. Yeah. Um, and I, I would take that. For me, it's, uh, not. I don't want to say a step further. It's a bad way of putting it. But um, also being open-minded mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Because uh, somebody... It's just what you were just talking about. Somebody like Alex Trevino, who, who plays ambidextrously behind his head with an upside-down instrument, 
Um, <laughs> yeah, like, a little weird. <laughs> it's, it, I mean, it's insane. Yeah, it's insane, and there's a lot of practice that goes goes into that. But um, like, he's got such an open. If you have a conversation with the guy, he's got such an open mind about so much. He's not very. He's not closed off to a whole lot. Mm-hmm. He's he's got the ability to listen and to take that feedback and to process it and to apply that. Yeah, the application is another big part of it. So, um, oh, yeah. if you want to get good at something, um. Like you hang out with people that are better and you learn from them. You know, yeah. you don't go into it with a mindset that I, I know what I know and that's all I'm going to know. And my way is the best way. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you want to learn about how a car works, you'd hang out with mechanics, not dentists. That's, it just, I mean, no offense to like dentists slash mechanics out there, but yeah. like, <laughs> you know, there's probably somebody out there that's, that's doing both. But yeah, but, it, that's true though. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely true. You know? So, and I mean, I had a, I had a buddy like a couple of years ago that would just sit down here and we'd play stuff and it'd be like, what'd you learn this week? And it's like, I learned how to do this. And it's like, it works because of this, you know, when we start to figure out these kind of things, we just trade things we learn and then you get to learn twice as much, twice as fast with somebody else sitting down Exactly, or, and we're having fun doing it, you know? So it's, it's kind of fun. We never sat down and wrote any music together, but we've played a lot of music together. So, yeah. You know, so shout out to Dan Blair. Woo. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, <laughs> but having those people around, it's, it's awesome. You know, I, uh, I'm, I'm new to the music scene. I'm new to like all you four Dodge guys doing all your, your stuff up there, but it's, it's cool to go to shows. I've been to a lot of places I haven't been to in years, like, uh, you know, just to see bands play, you know, and I go alone and it's weird because people are like, you're here alone. I'm like, yeah, I'm here to see these guys. Like, I don't care. Like, yeah. You know, so it's, uh, you know, it's kind of fun. I, I get to experience a new like friend group and a new group of people. And like I said, to see that all you guys are not actually like judgmental, you guys are all out there yeah, helping each other and just having a good time. I learned that at jam nights, you know, everybody and anybody shows up and they all jump on stage just to make music on the fly for you. You know, is that, is that, is that in Barnum, Barnum that you're talking I, about? The first time I ever did one was in Barnum. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, used, I used to go to Patty's otherwise. Um, they used to have, you know, jam nights, sad face. Patty's is gone, but yeah. Uh, you know, God rest its soul. Yeah. Your new jam nights are popping up, though. So, yep. uh, yeah. I mean, keep an eye out for that, anybody in the music scene. I also got to ask you, though, like, not to just, like, keep shifting gears on you, but, like... You're uh, fine, man. We dude, are all good. Dude, America, you, did I see you guys were playing a show in, like, Colorado or something? Like, what is the deal? You guys have been booking shows everywhere. Back in November, um, we did make a trip out to Colorado. Um, it's kind of an interesting... Uh, um, Kind of an interesting story of all of it. Um, we met our bass player playing with um, a band called Personal Vendetta. Oh, yeah. And um, he travels um, whichever direction to come be with us. He, he lives in Boone, so he travels that hour to come play with us every week. Mm-hmm. Um, but we... So this... This guy named Josh, he he's he's huge into punk rock. He 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 loves punk rock music and he really lives the lifestyle. Um he's got a house that he holds these shows at. Oh, cool. He calls it the Mutant Slayer. Mm-hmm. And uh these shows, um he gets bands from we just got back from Green Bay in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um uh and he this is a band that we played at his place mm-hmm. the the remedies mm-hmm. and uh they came through on tour and then there's a band called uh PCP um people corrupting people they were out of Colorado so we got a hold of them trying to set up a show with them they weren't able to make the show but they got us lined up with some people in Denver so we started 
we made the trek out to Denver and and had a great time, and that that pushed us to try and get up with the remedies. You know, but these are all bands that we played out of the Meat and Slayer with. Oh, cool. Uh, we've played with a band out of Tennessee. We've played with a band out of uh, New York, a really hardcore punk band. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've just gotten these connections with these bands because of these shows, these house party shows. Mm-hmm. So um, if anybody's out there looking for the solution on, on how to get your music out there, or how, to, how to have shows, like you are, you are the solution. Yeah. Like you do the work, you put in the groundwork and, and the results will come to you. I mean, this guy is, uh, he plays shows elsewhere. Mm-hmm. He'll go, you know, Josh will go play shows at, at lefties or, or, you know, the vaudeville muse, or he'll come here to play a show if he wants to. But, yeah. um, essentially he's, he's got his house that he ends up reaching out to these bands or they reach out to him and, and he invites them through and he sets up the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really um, D- DIY. Do it, do it yourself. Do like, it. put yourself out there. And uh, if... Uh, um, Field of Dreams was... Uh, uh, if you build it, they, they will, will come. come. Yep. Like, Dude, it totally makes sense too, though. Like, that DIY stuff I have found always works out the best. I've played at house shows and everybody there is always having a blast. They're always doing... You know, everybody's there to support one another. There's almost always a band from a long ways away coming, you know, and it's like, we had an open day on our tour and we're going to be somewhere in here. Can we play a show? And then they can't find a way to book a show. So eventually they just play in somebody's basement. And, you know, if you get on one of those shows or go to one of those shows, they're some of the most fun shows to go to, honestly. Yeah. And really, um, these shows at at, uh, at Josh's place, The Mutant Slayer, um, it's it really is all about the music. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bunch of kids, you know, with a keg. Yeah, you know, yeah. everybody's just getting ob- obliterated. You yeah. know, like there's yeah. there's sometimes some some people that are, you know, there to Dude, to ha- have a few more drinks than necessary. Yeah, it happens in every scene. But um, they uh, here, let me pass this air yeah. ashtray over to right. you. You got it, dude. But, but yeah, I mean, it's sorry. No, it's totally cool. Uh. Do, yeah, that's it's awesome to find those ones. Uh, the the first time I ever initially went to anything like that was you know in the metal scene, and the metal scene is like wickedly supportive of one another. You know, bands they play with and stuff like that. They're there to uh, do everything they can to put on the best show, and everyone around them is very thankful that it's like happening. You know, it's it's crazy. I I've never experienced anything like that in a club scene. You know, not nothing against the club scene because it's kind of tough to get the general populace to come in and go that nuts. You know, not when everybody's like a tight knit group. Yeah. But, but uh, so it's also, I don't know if it has something to do also with just like being in someone's house and you feel like family. Somebody's inviting you into their home and stuff like that. And, I think I think a lot of it, um, everything that you just said, kind of all plays into it. Um, I think. Uh, let's be really honest. If I'm taking um, my girlfriend. Um, out to a bar. Mm-hmm. You know, she wants a date night. I want a date night. Mm-hmm. If I'm taking her out to a bar, I don't necessarily need a band screaming punk rock music. If I want to go see a show, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to go see a show. If I'm just looking to go take her out for a couple of drinks and, and get us some food mm-hmm. um, and we want to talk and things, like I'm not going to want to stick around at a show there that's go. going on. I'm going to go find a different bar so that I can, you know, gaze into her eyes romantically and hold a rose in my mouth and do all that frilly shit that comes with uh, having a girlfriend. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what a, a, 
happens with a lot of these shows is like almost um, not a lot of these shows. I sh- I'm generalizing a lot. Um, but when somebody's got a regular bar that they go to, you know, like there's like 20 people that regularly go to the bar all the time, si- every day at six o'clock. Yep. And there's a punk rock show going on. They're probably going to take off. Let's let's kick rocks. We'll yep. rendezvous tomorrow. We'll go to the bar right next door Dude, or whatever. Yeah, and that happens. One thing I've seen venues do is dedicate a two-room space where you got like, this is the bar side and that's the music side over there. And there's a, you know, a door in between them and it mutes it all just enough to have the bar still be packed and you can go flip-flop between the two, you know. And yeah. Those are some of the coolest environments, you know, like... Uh, uh, Fremont would be a place that comes off the top of my head, you know, down in Des Moines. Otherwise, you got, um, you know, the poorhouse and Humboldt does the same thing. It's, uh, it's, you just go right outside and it's right there. You know, it's, it's just another, another part of the bar. So it's kind of cool because you can just go right over and, and check it out. I'm going to be playing at the poorhouse later this month. Check it out. No. <laughs> like I said, advertise as yeah. much as you can. Yeah, dude. It's, it's, it's crazy though. But like, you got to have the desire though, like, to go out there and, and kind of put your name out there and be like, hey, you know, I actually want to play as opposed to just waiting for somebody else to come find you. You know, like yep. we, we were talking about that, too. It's tough to f- just sit around and wait because people aren't, you know, people want to know what they should be interested in. That was like one of the appeals of this sounds weird. So like one of the appeals of like TV was that like there was X amount of shows on. And something that somebody else suggested was what you watched. And then all of a sudden it was like, internet, TV, everything's available. And what do you watch? The same four shows over again, over and over again. Everybody does it, you know. So Damn, without somebody terrible. suggesting you to watch a different show for once, you know, you're just going to sit down and watch 40 episodes of Seinfeld on a Saturday. It's just what's going to happen. Yeah, well, our la- the last show that we played at Rides, um, I, w- I worked at uh, Mineral City in Fort Dodge for... Long time, twelve years. Cool. Um, great food. If you're ever looking for a good restaurant, go to Mineral City. It's good and, stuff. And now I'm uh, working at Harps Outlet. So if you're ever looking for an appliance, um, uh, I'm just doing some subliminal advertising. <laughs> um, but uh, if you're looking for an appliance, Harps Outlet. Believe it or um, not, I sent somebody there just to look at stuff, and they ended up buying something. Really? That's so. So, but boom. So yep. either way, yeah, it, it's <laughs> decent, decent stuff. It's worth checking out. Um, cool. Right on. Yeah. Um, but uh, so. We're playing this show at Rides, and um, I, I had said, my, my girlfriend um, said to a couple people, and I had kind of um, advertised to my friends, old friends from Mineral City, um, you know, I'm playing the show, uh, why don't you come out, and ended up, all of them had a blast. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a great time. They were, they were getting down with the music, and it's, it's like you said, until somebody says something to you, like, you, you want to be a part of this, you know, like, yeah. come enjoy yourself, you know. Um, and the other thing, um, is I think people end up being afraid to, to kind of let loose at a local show. Yeah. They don't want, um, you know, such and such to laugh and, and nobody, whether it be in my group of friends, outside of my group of friends, um, nobody is ever at a show going to laugh at you for getting down. Yeah. I, I, I don't know anybody that's just like, I want to go make fun of some people. I'm going to go to this show and be like, bah, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, you know? go, cut loose, you know, have a couple drinks, enjoy yourself, um, dance. 
um, slam dance. You know, if you got a group of people or around you with with uh, that are into slam dancing, you know, do yeah. some moshing. Yep. Let loose until the bartender says, you know, this is getting out of control. Um, if you keep going, we got to shut it down. Yeah. Then and then t- keep going because if the cops kind of come, it's even it's a punk show. That's, man. A, that's punk. That's a, <laughs> nothing's ever been more punk than the cops showing up. No. <laughs> no, but that's seriously though, it's more, it's so much more fun on stage to see other people enjoying the show and in turn makes you enjoy playing more so you're putting on what you feel like is a better show and i'm yeah. I, mean, I played recently in iowa city at the yacht club and it was one of those ow, things ow. you show up at the yacht club and you're like oh there's not that many people here but by showtime the place is you know, 40 50 people in the basement of the yacht club and holy shit this is kind of cool yeah. you know and everybody's there to listen you know and they're all standing up right up close to the stage it was just like damn this is sweet you know having everybody that close to you like listening and enjoying your music it's like i'm gonna I'm going to do a little bit more moving around, you know, like I'm going to go over to this side of the stage. I'm going to go over to this side of the stage. I'm going to get into this part like really hard because this is one of my favorite parts. And, you know, you start almost, to feel it. Yeah. You, yep. It's almost like you're giving visual cues too to the people in the crowd where you're just like, check this part out. This is going to be this is this part. We're going to get down right here. Yeah. You know, so I I don't know. I just totally dig the the performance aspect, especially if you have people at a show that are getting that into it. How shows always happens always happens there's people just having a great time and you go to those random shows and you're just like man these these people that are here today just are friggin' loving this and you're yeah. just like oh man yeah i'm into it now you know yeah it's not like uh you go to shows and you're not as into it either but i'm sure you've had those shows where like today's like oh today's a little bit of an off day i don't know what the deal is i'm not i'm just not just nailing this like i usually do you know or something i think we all run into it yeah for sure i think we all run into it mm-hmm. um uh, some days are better than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes back to, uh, it's not always like an off day for music necessarily. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's just an off day in life. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> that can happen. You can be like, I worked all day and then I did this thing and then I drove two hours and now it's time to play a show and I'm just, I'm just tired, you know? And that's just, that's what it's going to be sometimes. Yep. You know, the other fun aspect about that is you can plan that stuff out and be like, I'm going to be tired when I get to this show. And then you show up and all of a sudden a switch hits and you're like, I'm not tired anymore. I'm ready to play music. So it can kind of swing both ways sometimes. It's pretty fun. That's where I was at in Denver. Yeah. Or no, not Denver. Um, well, yeah, Denver too. Um, that's where I was just at in Green Bay. I mean, I was slow moving all day long. I was having some back pain. Um, I've been having headaches that are just out of this world, man. I, I don't even want to. We're not even going to get into it. <laughs> um, but I was I was in that place and for all day long, and then it came time to play, and we're setting up, and that's the energy Yep, right there. Yep, and, you feel it. Yep. Yeah. There's also something to be said for knowing that your music is going to be heard by a whole bunch of new people, too. It's, yeah. uh, it's kind of fun to just be like, check this out. You know, nobody else around here is is making this music because we made it, you know, yeah. and we came from over there to go all the way over to here to, to let you guys listen to it, you know, and it's not the music is it's so crazy. There's so much music online that it, like these people may not have ever heard of you in, unless they came to this show and saw this happen. You know, it's there's so much to be said about, you know, actually physically experiencing a band live and seeing them live. That is it, it builds some sort of an attachment to you in that band. I, I, you know, it's it's one thing to ask for a Facebook like, but to have somebody actually enjoy your music and listen to it is a whole nother story. And that's been my uh, biggest thing with this album 
is the number of people that have reached out to me um, that I didn't expect to reach out for me. I mean, these are a couple of people from high school, you know, like oh, cool. that I was just like acquaintances with have, have reached out, you know, even before the album released while I was advertising that it was even coming out. Yo, let me know when that drops and send me the link. And, and um, then they get back to me with their favorite song, which is a song I didn't expect. Yeah. You know, that that's really been the, the biggest reward for me is uh, not only did they take the time to listen to it and yeah it's like yeah great job on your cd but it's like they actually have a favorite uh uh song that they've um listened to uh one so. one more is probably my the one i've listened to the most uh really yeah believe it or not i don't know it's just just pick a song and go with it but uh that's the one that like hey this is the song i'm gonna play actually i wonder if we could go to your what is the most popular burn is the most popular song on that's been played according to Spotify. Well, that's because usually what they do is they listen to Burn, First. hear how terrible it is, and then smash their phone because they don't need that juju. <laughs> oh my god! All over. <laughs> oh my god! No, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> There's the uh, that's I haven't dropped an f bomb on the podcast in a while. Sorry, mom. Um, no, I'm gonna leave it in. Uh, I'm leaving it. I'm leaving. It's staying there. Yes. Oh. Taking a stand. <laughs> I I see that you have a lime for the view or listeners out there. I see you as well. Carry a lime green lighter. Yes, I do. Um, um, I don't I don't want to be that guy, but I've I've got two. Dude, no way. Are you kidding me right now? Two. I've got a mini. I've got a mini in my car. <laughs> is it lime green? Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> this is too crazy. Yep. This is crazy. Kindred it was, spirits. It was meant to be. Everybody. It was meant to be. <laughs> You know, this is probably one of my favorite parts about the podcast is uh, meeting new people, uh, somebody that I don't know that I would have ever met had we not sat down and done a podcast. Because like I said, I've played shows with you, but interaction is ludicrously minimal, you know, yeah, other than being like, extremely. hey, good job tonight, dude. And it's just like, hey, thanks. You know, uh, what else are you going to talk about? Like, oh, there's a good waffle place around the corner. Or, like, did you see the Packers play? Or like, what are you going to talk about? You know, it's, it's, one of- it's tough after shows to really interact with people. I, I completely agree, and I don't think it's just a show thing. Yeah. Um, I used to run into it. Um, it's, I ran into it with, with my girlf- current girlfriend. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's like a dating thing. It's like a friendship thing. It's like a, um, you meet in this scenario, mm-hmm. and now me and my girlfriend have no problem talking about whatever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. You and me are talking about whatever right now. Exactly. Um, but, uh, pardon me. But it's definitely um, when you see somebody or have a conversation with somebody and you spark it off real well, and then that conversation fizzles out. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you keep that? How do you keep that momentum going? Yeah, and, exactly. Um, until you spend X amount of time together, you know, whatever that may be, it's, I find it hard sometimes to keep a conversation um, up and going. You mm-hmm. know, because you don't have anything to talk about. It, it feels like yeah, feel you have everything to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a comfortability level. Um, definitely, I think. Uh, I don't just open up to like anyone. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, I do. I totally get it. Plus, it's like weird. I, I don't want to speak just for me, but it's weird getting compliments. I feel like at a show, like um, when I played with Unity, one of the compliments I got the most, which is is I take a lot of pride in, but it's a weird one. It's like, I really like your tone, you know, like your guitar tone, which is something I, I try really hard to map out. So I try to pick the one I want, you know, and I get 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 it just right. But it's still just like, thanks, man. And then it's like, what do I say from here? 
You know, like, where do I go from here? What do I do? I agree. And, you know, <laughs> you just run away and hide now because I don't know what else to do. <laughs> yeah, it's like, do I make eye contact with him? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I agree. I can agree to that tenfold. And um, I still kind of do this, um, but I've been working on it. Somebody explained to me, like, uh, I used to be very dismissive of compliments mm-hmm. just because I, I, I don't want to say it's, uh, you're trying to emulate humility mm-hmm. or whatever. Oh no, no, I'm not, I'm not that good. But, um, somebody said to me one day, they were like, you know, you should just thank people for their compliments because kind of telling them, you know, never mind is dismissing their opinion. Bingo. So, um, I, it really hit me hard because I've always tried to hold, uh, quote, I hate because I don't really view myself as a humble guy. Um, I view myself as more of an arrogant guy, but um, yeah, I, think, yeah, I, I, I get the gist. I'm the same yeah, way a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. It's it's a tough line to walk. Um, but it hit me really hard because that's not at all my intent to say, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, uh, not really, but thank you. Yeah. You know, like I don't mean to undermine people's compliments, compliments, but that's really what you're doing. Dude, I totally get it. It's exactly what we were talking about beforehand where you just got to kind of, you you don't, it's the fact is that they enjoyed what you did. And, and you're going out there with your opinion and trying to undermine the fact uh, that they enjoyed what you did. <laughs> yep, that's it. And you're trying to say, like, you are not justified to have this opinion, and that makes you less than or something. It's something kind of like that. Because think about it from your aspect. Uh, you go to see your favorite show with – let's just make a random famous person. You go to meet your fav- favorite famous person. You're just like, dude, you're such a good guitar player. And they're like, dude, I fucking suck. And then that's like, well, this was – abrupt you know oh, i just dropped another f-bomb yeah but, but still it's like this was abrupt you know like i didn't expect it to go this way at all but if he was like dude thanks i really i'm i'm really glad that you enjoy the music that i make that, yeah that means so much more than somebody just being like meh, 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 meh. yeah exactly yeah and uh, i don't know if it's a humility or an arrogance thing it's just you know like i don't just, nobody i don't think anybody means to dismiss them when they when they don't take the compliment, I don't think that's the intent. I just of don't it. think anyone's used to getting compliments yeah. randomly like that. Nobody ever just walked up and says, "Hey, nice tie," you know, or anything like that, or like, "I like your shoes," you know. And yeah. if they do, you're like, "This is weird," you know. <laughs> so you just translate that to playing music, and they're just like, "I like this thing," and you're like, "Oh, that's weird," you know. Yeah, so you're just not used to to even getting a compliment. Generally speaking, it's not that people don't compliment us ever, but it's it's just the general generality of it. I think translates well to that. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily like a, a, a music thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I would do the same thing if, you know, somebody said, like, um, said the same thing about my shoes. Yeah. Oh, these old things. Yeah. Oh, they're just, you yeah. know. Dude, just, nice you know, shoes, by the way, though. Oh, uh, that's, that's uh, <laughs> it's not really. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, thank you, though. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was a good joke. That, that worked out really well. Um, I just think that it's, uh, yeah, like you said, I think it's just not being used to hearing yeah. um, compliments. But, and But here's the other weird thing I'm going to say. Like, isn't it nice to hear them, though? Even though if it, it is. is awkward, it's just like, man, yeah, it is kind of cool that somebody really liked what I had going on. Yeah. You uh, know? I appreciate it. And that's really what I've turned to is like, how about you just show them your appreciation yeah. that, that they enjoyed it? And yeah. uh, I've been working on that for uh, quite a few years now, Dude, actually. Yeah, turning that that kind of self loathing, uh, ar- arrogantly self loathing. That's uh, exactly idea what that it I is. have. Yeah, yeah. 
It's, um, I, I deserve to come up here and play music for you, but you don't deserve to like it. You exactly. Know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally get yeah. it, dude. I'm, I totally it, get it. It's like saying, uh, I deserve to go play music, but I'm not good enough to play music for you. Exactly. Like That was my fear through my 20s. I just thought that everybody would be super judgmental, and that's that's some fact that I had initially made that wasn't even a fact. You know, It was just like, this is what I think everyone's going to do, and I, did, I didn't even get anybody a chance to enjoy anything that I was doing, so I just went stagnant. You know? Yep. I just, I, I'm, I'm my own worst enemy. Yeah. And it's, Obviously. I feel like a lot of musicians, that's their biggest downfall, but that's also one of their biggest strengths because yeah. they always want to prove themselves wrong still though. Well, I, I think back on, on college and we had to, we had to dictate a, uh, a song, either of our own or a cover song. We had to dictate it and then they were going to play it on the piano for like our semester final. Oh, crazy. Like, cool. Theory one. Um, I had like 16, I did, I did the bare minimum. I had like, like the bare minimum, 16 bars and everybody else had these like immaculate, like big things. And I kind of said to the teacher, I was like, mine's not really done. And she kind of laughs and says, Jack, when is our music ever really done? And and that's, that is not what I was trying to say to her. Mm -hmm. I said, no, no, no. My, I, I have very little <laughs> on this composition. She's like, well, hopefully it's all in key. That's <laughs> essentially what it turned into. Yep. So, um, yeah, I, I don't want to say shameful, but it, it, it wasn't, uh, just, I wasn't in my, definitely not in my prime. I wasn't yeah. shooting for A's, if yeah. you will. But learning experiences like that are big, though, too. Like, um, I hearken back to when I played a show in high school, and it was one of those deals where um, everybody in high, if you get everybody in your high school together, there's always going to be a small group of people that are just too cool for school. Um, you know, I was sort of in that group but i was you know kind of not in that group but if you go out there play music for people and there's people that obviously have contempt for it in the crowd and it's just like you can hear these people like laughing you know uh at the fact that we're out here just playing music you know stuff like that where it's like was it the fact that we weren't good because i mean it was like the first time any of us had ever performed or is it you know what exactly is it so it always made me like want to get better so it's some of it had to do with like a little bit of that judgment but it's also like I'm not going to go out there and suscept myself to that again. You know, I'm going to make sure the next time I, you know, bring the thunder or whatever, you know, yeah. like, um, and, go out and spend more time practicing, learning and figuring out what's going on. Yeah. It's uh, anybody kicking off. And, and that's a terrible mentality, too. Um, and I think it's um, it's real child. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like kids are, are just terrible at it. I heard somebody once say kids are really good at telling you that you're not good at something or that you are this way. Um, they just tell you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's a very... Um, it's not their fault. No. It's not kids' fault. No. Like, uh, I said, ju- like I said, I did the same thing sometimes. Ex- with, exactly. Just in different scenarios. Yeah. Like... Um, but as, as you grow up and you get older and... Because um, now... If I heard a group of kids playing music, whereas back then, if I uh, like heard some kids that were you know younger than me, mm-hmm. um, just learning, you know, it's you, you almost God, it's so terrible to say, but it's just how kids are. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you almost do laugh at them. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. You do laugh at them yep. because and now, now that I'm older, there is not no absolutely no way. Yeah. That I I would laugh, and in fact, I would probably support them the most of any bill that I play with is the kids to give them that drive to want to do better and yes. to, because as, as a kid as well, you, 
most of the time you know you suck. Yeah. You know that you're terrible. <laughs> um, you know that you're just picking it up. And, and, and Kids and, are bad at everything. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're putting yourself out there. Yes. And, and with your peers... You know, like the kids as well, you know, like if I was in eighth grade again, you know, like and all the eighth grade kids were laughing at me. That's just what kids do. You yep. know what I mean? But the older ones are the ones that are supportive as a general rule because they're grown up. They get it and, yep. and things like that. So I think a lot of that just comes with like part of the journey to realize that like you go through these phases and you have these phases, um, you know, like, oh, when I was a kid. A lot of it comes back to, like I said, in different scenarios, I was judgmental, just like all these people that I'm talking about that were judgmental of my music. So it's not like I was literally any better than I was the same. I was the same little kid they were in a different area because I was just like, you know, let's just throw it in. Science is dumb or like whatever it is, you know, and you're just like, dude, the world needs scientists. Just shut your face hole, you know, like. Yeah. And then you grow up and you're like, oh, yeah, I was just a stupid kid or whatever. Even like just picking music. You're like, this music sucks. And it's like, that music obviously doesn't suck, you know. I hang my hat a couple times on here. I've I've talked about like Bob Dylan's not my favorite, but if you were like Bob Dylan doesn't write good music, you're dumb. You know, like it just doesn't make sense yeah. to yeah. Ed as an adult to be like Bob Dylan sucks. But I mean, you know, like uh, I've I've had a few of those. Like Def Leppard was another one. Like these guys are terrible, and it's like, dude, these guys are awesome because every part of their song is like the chorus. You know, like yeah. they just kept writing hit after hit. They had so much hits, they smushed them into one song. And that. That's what it is. Is it's like I can't suck too bad. Yeah. Because uh, <clears throat> look where they're at. Yeah. Exactly. You know. You know. Like. Plus, let's. I don't know. That another another part of it just comes down to like the humility of a lot of it too, where you're just like, I'm gonna. I I think I've got music kind of figured out, and it's like, all right, let's see if you can write something like Def Leppard writes. It's like, no, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. You know. So. There's something to that. I'm just like, I'm wowed by the, the width, the wide berth that music covers. And you get like, even in just like a local area, like around here, you can see so many different styles of music, you know, country to blues, to rock, to metal, to punk, to you name it. One guy with an acoustic guitar, full band with lights and the whole nine yards. It's all, it's all here, you know? So yeah. Uh, is, and the, the other thing, I guess, for anybody that happens to be listening that wants to pursue something with music is just because you picked it up and you don't feel like you're very good at it. Um, doesn't mean that that's your niche. Um, like if you want to be a rapper and you don't feel like you're very good at rapping, um, maybe you're more of a poet. Yeah. Maybe, um, I, I, I had a lot of friends that did a lot of things in music before they found their niche. Um, Tristantric, my buddy Tristan Clark, uh, he, he kind of went through this. Uh, he was making his own beats thing, and then he went through this. Um, he was kind of trying to be a songwriter thing, and then he went to this um, trying to be a rapper kind of thing. And now he's had huge success um, uh, playing as a DJ. Cool, and uh, he's got he's got a ton. Of, I, I shouldn't say a ton of followers, but but he's he's got a, a following on Facebook, and he, he's playing shows all the time. And he's playing festivals, so uh, cool. He, uh, Tristantric, um, he, he's got some good stuff. Uh, check him out on Facebook. Um, uh, but he he found this niche, you know, after years of trying to find where he fit in. So I urge you to keep searching, find your niche, find what fits you, find where you're comfortable yeah um i, I mean because i mean he's, he's just blossomed into this you know I, it's fun to watch him on facebook he's he's really having a good time so 
Yeah, I mean, you, you can go from one instrument to the next. You can go from genre to the next. It really doesn't matter. There's no rules to any of this, really. Like you said, you can play all the instruments. I know a lot of people that I've had on here like, well, I started playing drums, but now I play guitar and I sing a song, right? And it's like, it's cool to see everybody's got a different journey, which lets you know, like I said, there's no rules. You can you can do things and and think like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try something different. And you might find something that, that absolutely sticks with other people or yourself, you know, internally, where you're like, I'm actually good at this thing. You know, I never would have tried, you know, picking up a ukulele, you know, but I, I did and wham, now I'm really good at the ukulele or something like that. You know, it doesn't have to be the genres and the things that you see either. You can go out on your own and do your own thing. And that's cool in itself because now you're an individual. You're very unique in the scene uh, for what you're doing. Like you said, you know, like it'd be so cool if we had shows around Fort Dodge and you know Northern Iowa where there were people playing like, you know, uh, electronic music or rapping or things like that. I, I think it'd be kind of neat if you had something like that going on. You know, kind of festivaly. Yeah, if, something. You know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know how. I don't know. It takes so much to pull off stuff like that. The deeper I look into like putting on music shows like outside of venues, it's like, oh no, you need like all sorts of permits and things like yeah. that. That's not. It's not, not cheap. No, 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 no. But and, uh, and the other thing is getting people to show up. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know how long it took to get 515 alive or 8035. Um, that's the festival I'm trying to think of. 8035 yep. um, to get it to the point that it's at now. But 8035 mm-hmm. is a huge yep. event in Iowa. Yep. Um, I've never personally been. No, me either. But, but um. I, I would say it's not necessarily like exactly my cup of tea. No, me either. But um, still, but I mean, <laughs> but I think it's great that people have you know that that's an event that people really look forward to. Yeah, man. You know, um, it, I've been at a kind of the drinking and 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 scene for for a while, and I still hear people you know that aren't mm-hmm. really drinkers. You know, these these are functions that are bigger than just going and getting a yeah. bunch of drinks in yeah yeah oh um, totally i mean yeah it's it's weird because like i i think about that internally a lot like i play a lot in bars and things like that and a lot of those scenes like we were talking earlier might just have a bar with a whole pile of regulars there that are there to also enjoy music and they're there you know to drink and i don't drink you know currently so it's one of those weird deals where i kind of feel like an outcast and am i an outcast here but it's uh lately it's been getting kind of wild i see a lot of people at shows drinking sodas and waters and things like that because it's just like yeah it's just inconvenient to drink you know yeah. so i'm not i'm just not gonna do it that's pretty much what it is for me i don't want to have a drink at a bar and then drive two hours back it just doesn't make sense to me so i'm just yeah i just don't drink so i don't know just it's kind of weird though but this, it's crazy Eighty thirty five has gotten so huge and a lot of it i think lies in the fact that they just kept doing what they knew they should do and it all worked out the way they it should have you know like it's if you find something and you're good at it stick with it and just keep doing it and eventually you know if you build it they will come if you build it they will come and, and there it is it's, and you know that's kind of like the beauty of this podcast i just every every week i try to get somebody out else on here just to talk to people and now it's getting to the point where there's people that are listening to podcast episodes with people they never thought they would have 
you know, listen to, and they're learning all these different things about all the different genres of music, and they didn't even know we're going on in their area, and they're they're finding all these people that are like, oh, I'd, I've seen this guy at shows, now I know a little bit about him, and now I don't have to be weird about going up to him and saying hi like we were talking about. I actually yeah. know a little bit. You got an in now, everybody. You don't have to be weird. I heard you on the podcast, you know? Heard you guys were talking about this. I think this, and then boom, you're off off to the races. Yeah. You, you got something now, so. Got something for that point of conversation. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I mean... It's really cool because I I never really thought there would be you know as many people as interested as there are and it the music scene is way more supportive than for some reason I just thought it was when I was sitting at home in my basement I was like nobody's gonna like music if I play it you know and you actually yeah. go out there and you're like everybody friggin loves this everybody does yeah and another big thing is owning it yeah you know um, my mother instilled my my mom and dad my mother and father. Um, instilled in me, uh, don't stop. Mm-hmm. You mess up, don't stop. Oh. And any performer will will tell you that that's been been around the ringer. Um, just don't stop. Yep. If you hit a sour note, play it twice. Yep. Is what uh, Paul Bloomquist taught me. <laughs> he said, if you play a sour note, play it one more time, and it won't be a sour note anymore. It'll be intentional. Yep. You know. Yep. Um, that's one of the best lessons I ever learned. Cause it's also true. Um, if you hear it twice in a row, it wasn't a mistake. It's as weird as it sounds for some reason that makes a large amount of sense. Yeah. Even, <laughs> even if it shouldn't, it does. It's so weird. I, I still recall like when I was really young and somebody was, they did that and you like, even as a youngster knew like, Ooh, that wasn't right. And then they like did it again. You're like, for some reason now it fits. Yeah. For some reason now it fits. Yep. Yeah. And it's, it's ludicrous. It's crazy. Yeah. Like you said, as much as it shouldn't fit, it does. It, it does now. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that's, those are the two biggest things is, uh, DIY and, uh, don't stop. Yep. Just keep, keep playing the song. Who cares if your voice cracked? Nobody's going to remember the fact. Everybody will remember, will remember if you quit playing that song. Mm -hmm. I I had one of the worst, uh, I was playing at, uh, McSweeney's school of music and I, at the worst show of of my life I, I don't even think i i played like one full song and i could not get traction to play another one i just quit i just quit playing i just walked off stage oh wow jeez <laughs> i was like i was freshly 21 or something like that so. oh man yeah, yeah it was it was it was laughable but <laughs> but if you talk to um if you look up videos on on people starting off performing, whether it be stand up comedy, um, poetry, or or music, um, there's they they've always got a story like that where where the stand up comedian did not get one laugh mm-hmm. on stage. But that comes back to what we were talking about. You can't be you're not going to be good at anything when you first start out doing it. So you got to just start somewhere. I remember the first time I played a show with Three Finger Betty. I was so nervous, and it's like you're playing at the Fremont to like forty people tops, just. Tone it down a notch, buddy, you know, and you show up there and you just just play it and you get done with it. And after a while, you get more comfortable. And if there's some videos of like me playing some of my first shows somewhere on one of the YouTube pages that I run, but it's uh, it's funny. You just you watch every track and I'm in the same spot. I don't move, you know, and you just got to get comfortable with it. You got to get comfortable with where you're at. Kind of like getting comfortable with getting the compliments. You know, you're just in foreign territory. And I think that's some of the beauty of it is just stepping outside of that comfort zone to do something you know that's one of the things that makes music so fun is you get to put yourself out there you know yeah check out this new thing i made what do you think yeah um and i it's like like you just said getting out of the comfort zone is is such an important thing um 
I just traveled 20 minutes to come sit in a dude's basement um, that I have no idea. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it's kind of weird that you have plastic all over the walls and a couple buzz saws laying in here. I'm not sure what's going to happen after this. But fake news. <laughs> <It's> fake. <laughs> That's not true at all. No. Um, but <laughs> I actually cleaned up before you came here. I feel pretty good about it. Should have seen the place this morning when I woke up. It's garbage oh, all over. Oh, no. I, I would have never guessed that. Um <laughs> But uh, getting out of that comfort zone is is where the growth takes place. Um, uh, stagnation is, I think, something that plagues um, just our world today. Is you end up in a place where you're complacent and you become stagnant, and um, your growth just kind of fizzles out. You know, mm-hmm. um, the 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 beauty of music and the beauty of being surrounded by people that do do music is that the, uh, self growth and the self reflection and, um, it's always there and it's kind of always, um, underlining everything in your life. Mm-hmm. Cause as a musician, you know, like the growth doesn't stop. You don't reach a point, you know, the more, you know, the less, you know, yeah, the uh, what is it? As as the shores, what is it? No, as as the island of your knowledge grows, so does the shores of your ignorance. Yeah, there you go. I've never heard that before, but I'm gonna stick that one in the back pocket. I think Neil deGrasse Tyson tries to lay claim to that, but I believe somebody else said it before him. But it's still a good one. I'm yeah. sure somebody said something kind of like it. Yeah. The, the brighter your star burns with whatever. It's the same concept. Yeah, exactly. It totally makes sense, though, because I think that's what it is. Once you start learning stuff about music or any, literally anything, you're just like, I actually don't know too much about this at all. Exactly. Which it, should drive you to want to learn more. And and the people that know the most about are the are the most knowledgeable Neil deGrasse Tyson is 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 a good example of that is going to be one of the people that tells you he knows the the yeah, least. There's a ton of stuff he doesn't know. Yeah, there's you know? for everything that I know there's there's like 10 things that I don't know. Yeah. Um and it's very it's, it's like the shores of the ignorance. Um yeah. you know, you you go backwards on that scale and um it comes back to feelings aren't aren't facts um yep. so many of us are uh very opinionated on on things and we don't actually have any facts to back that up that um there's there's no knowledge there mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but we yeah. we think yep that we know what's best yep. when really it's it's the least ill-informed and i'm that way about a lot of things you know i feel very passionately about things and i've got a, a couple buddies that'll you know Probably. shut me down yeah it, you yeah. know yeah, and I, I think I don't, I don't quote me on this psychologist, but I think it's just like the what is it confirmation bias? It's like whatever I think is probably fact, and it's probably just what everybody else thinks. It's like a thing that I think everybody has. Yeah, just a little bit of it somewhere in there, you know. And I and I get it. It's just a, it just it's weird to be in that that spin cycle and just keep doing it, and then all of a sudden like you just get flung out of it, and you're like, oh holy cow, I was just in a rut there for a while, musically in life, whatever it happens to be, and. Once that switch happens, you're kind of like, I'm not going back to that area where I was at. And I feel like as people grow, I feel like everybody kind of goes through that. Like you said, everybody in their teenage years was kind of just about something, you know, yeah. it didn't matter what it was. Everybody picked their favorites and then didn't like their non-favorites in everything. So, but yeah, I, I think that's the coolest thing about musical growth. Like when I first started playing, like what was some of the first stuff you played on guitar when you first started playing? Oh man, I might get slighted for this, but, but I, 
I learned a lot of uh, of Green Day stuff and Blink One Eighty Two stuff, and um, the first songs that I learned were actually Beatles songs. My cool. dad had a had a Beatles songbook, and um, nice. you know, just like the the chords, you know, G, C, and D, and, mm-hmm. and E minor. You know, you can write songs all day with those four chords, oh, yeah. and uh, that's that's kind of where I kicked off from. And then um, I think I, I want to say my first real punk rock um, album was All Killer No Filler from Sum Forty One. Dude, I, sp- I spun that album so much, <laughs> so many times. But that was kind of my first, like, um, that was my first, uh, oh, you're already lit. Um, so that was like my first, like, there's music like this. Mm -hmm. I love this. Yeah. You know, I didn't really have, like, I loved the Beatles, you know, I I liked the 60s stuff. It was stuff that you found on your own that you knew you enjoyed. And it really, yeah, it really hit hard with me, you know. Mm -hmm. I I think my buddy, uh, Connor Patterson, was, uh, he was a huge fan of Blink-182 and um, and Sum 41, but he liked Blink-182 just, I I think, a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Either that or I got it backwards and it was his brother, Zach Patterson, I can't remember. Um, (laughs) But they they liked the other one more and and they swore by that, but when they showed me Sum 41, it just hit so hard with me. Um, And I mean, I I felt like a new new person walking into school that year Mm -hmm. because I had found this and and then I was introduced to like... uh, I think American Idiot was my big, my next big one, and that kind of just I, it kicked down the door for me, and mm-hmm. I fell in love with all of Green Day stuff, and um, then I found like the the more swear by elitist quote unquote punk yep. bands that people you know like oh Green Day sold out, but I love No Effects, yeah, um, yep. and Rancid and and oh, things yeah. like that, Pennywise, um, and. Right now, I'm on I'm on a direct hit kick. I can't get enough of direct hit. Cool. Um, they're a fat records band, but I just such good albums. Send me a send me a message to remind me so I don't forget. Even though we're recording it, it's in the podcast. Yeah. No, 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 it's totally fine. Because I want to check it out. Because uh, uh, like I, you know, like you said, I I grew up and it was just like, dude, I like you know, Newfound Glory is my favorite band ever. And then you're like, oh, there's some stuff way down deep in the catalog of some of these recording labels that I, you know punk was known for like these compilation albums with all these different bands on them and stuff and you start to say dude alkaline trio kills it you know and you yeah. start to like pick out like different you know stuff uh my buddy tom hanrahan shout out tom he was like one of the first people that was just like you got to check this music out and that music out but he's also one of the first people that was like the least judgmental about music because he's like i'm gonna listen to red hot chili peppers too and you know, yeah he just picked stuff and he liked it you know and that's how my buddy christian mccoy was um yes shout out to christian mm-hmm. um i've got a lot of people i should probably tag in when i throw out that i'm doing this podcast um but uh he it's like him and my first band was was called attempt and they kind of broke off and had leaving carol i don't know if you have heard of uh yeah I, this is years ago this is like 10 12 years ago that mm-hmm. all this was going on and uh they they all had a real eclectic nick jones matthew prince and uh and christian were a lot a lot more they had a lot more eclectic uh, taste in music than I did because I, I was real, like I said, militant about uh, 
punk rock yep. and things like that. You ask me today, uh, Ed Sheeran's one of my favorite songwriters right now. I love Passenger. Um, I think Adele's a great songwriter. I like, I, I like the poppy stuff, but it it's it's a reflection of how good a songwriters they are. You know, they, exactly. there's there's stuff on the radio I I cannot get down with. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I like everything on the radio, but the ones that you know write catchy stuff, um, I. I love it because there's something about the catchiness to it yeah. that, you know, I, I feel like it was done right. And uh, some of that harkens back, like we said, is just the appreciation that these guys actually put the stuff together and the pattern they did to make it work the way it should. And I didn't do that. And that's why it's cool is because they did it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so so I kind of <clears throat> took me a lot of years to learn the lesson from them that they were trying to yeah. trying to teach me at the time is, is, is there's more to music than than, you know punk rock music and and i'm glad i've learned the lesson now my you know because what you'll hear on my album isn't all straight up you know punk rock or or reggae there's there's a lot of folksy stuff to it and uh um good music is is good music um just because it's not you know your cup of tea doesn't mean it can't be mine and it doesn't mean that we can't uh quote unquote party together um there's such a love in music that is it's unreal i think it's fun because i also feel like uh punk might be one of the genres where it's just like yeah throw in some country i don't care like just you can just toss (laughs) in a little bit of whatever you want a good example of that uh to give another local favorite a shout out would be hold for swank's new album uh they got some song same old honky tonk i'm gonna look it up since i'm here but (laughs) but but yeah they they throw some like southern twang in there and it's it's really kind of fun let me look it up. Hold for Swank. Oh, man. I'm going to look it up. New album. There it is. The stuff that contradicts the other stuff. Uh, this old honky tonk. I wasn't far off. It's the last song on their album, uh, their new album that came out. And it's uh, a little bit country-ish, but it still has that punk feel, which is crazy. Because I get to, like you said, <clears throat> you can incorporate so much more than just something that defines your genre. Yeah. Um, and you you find that with kind of nowadays country you know yeah they're oh, yeah. throwing the throwing the uh edm stuff kind of in into the mix the i don't even know if i want to call it edm but they're they're kind of mixing the uh techno-esque yep things into the country music um i listen to country music all day that's usually what we listen to while at harps outlet yep um so like like we've said a couple of times if you haven't found your niche yet continue yeah. searching yeah. um because you can you can make whatever you want out of whatever you want with music. Yeah, yeah. like any more, especially with the internet. Go start searching for something. If you have like the wildest idea about like I want to start a band that sounds like this, Google it. You'll find it. Yeah. Like there's no there's no way there's there's no rules to be like you can't combine a you can't put a flute in a band like Jethro Tull. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I think Flogging that, Molly. Yes. Um, I mean, <laughs> you can just throw them all out. I mean, you, you can. Trumpets and trombones and saxophones belong in a band. All out anything ska. You mentioned real big fish. You can go less yeah. than Jake. And it doesn't matter. Like yeah. it all works. Yeah, you will find your your calling. Yeah, if you will, because um, it's all there. I've I've got a lot of rap music liked on my that I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know. I just I just went through and and liked a whole bunch of rap music on my Spotify when I first got it. So I just, my liked songs popped up and I hit shuffle on that. And I, 
I'm coming across things that I'm like, oh, that, that sounds really cool. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it's stuff that I haven't listened to. I just went through and I liked all this stuff. Yep. I just sat for like two hours liking art, just every artist I could think of. I, I like their disc- discography. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going back through and I'm listening to the stuff, you know, seven years later or six years later. And uh, you'll find the mixes of whatever you so desire. Yeah, I, I, you bring up rap, and it was. I remember being younger and being more militant about the kind of music I liked, and just being like, "Rap sucks." And someone's like, "There's good beats in there," and you're like, "Yeah, there is." Yeah, you know. Oh, and like, whoops! I yeah, didn't even think about it. Yeah, exactly. You just like you start. You want to crap on everything when you're younger. At least I did. And then I'll, and then somebody gives you a good point, and you're like, "Oh," and like just like a one sentence good point, and you're like, "Oh." That refuted everything I thought because that's actually a fact. You yeah, know? <laughs> it's it completely. Dist- um, my buddy uh, Joe Seca, shout out to Joe Seca. Um, he hands me. Uh, it started with my buddy Ethan Healy because I I was same militant. Rap sucks. This that and the other. He hands me the Thirty Six Chambers Wu Tang Clan. Mm-hmm. Completely changed my entire outlook on hip hop. Yeah. Um. And then my buddy Joe Seca. He he was like, oh, you like the Thirty Six Chambers? Gives me like, cause it was the only. I was like, I like Wu Tang Clan. And he was like, okay. He gives me like the discography of of all of their first albums. Like in, in Inspect Deck. Um. You know. Uh. Old Dirty Bastard. Yep. Um. The Jizza. The Rizza. Yep. And I love. Loved all of it. Yeah. I thought it was all great. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, just because you can't... That's another thing, and I think this will hit on the head with you as well, but just because you can't relate to some kind of music doesn't mean you can't like it. Exactly. Like, I don't necessarily... I can't relate to the gangster rappers that have yeah. had like the hard, um, gun-wielding, you know, drug-influenced yeah. past. We, we didn't grow up in a gang place it does but we grew up in middle america where it's nice you know and it's not our fault yeah but that doesn't mean you can't like what they're saying and doing yeah but that doesn't mean that the wu-tang clan is it ain't nothing to fuck with you know (laughs) you know what i mean like like, nailed it so like um you you you're you're welcome to like whatever music you want and and um i think it's one of the only things that on on the face of the earth where uh people don't care yeah i people don't care um, we got such, uh, liberal and Republican arguments going on right now. And not one of these liberal and Republican arguments are saying, but country music's better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yep. um, yeah, man, nobody cares. Nobody nope. is, nobody is, uh, telling you, you shouldn't spend this much time in office because of the music that you listen to, or you shouldn't own you shouldn't be in this this service industry because of the music that you listen to. You know, um, music brings people together. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, very seldom something where it tears them apart. I've been to one show, one show I think in my life where we were at Riot Fest and No Effects was played. It was our first time seeing No Effects. Like there's a group of like uh, eight or nine of us, mm-hmm. and my buddy's younger brother who's not militant at all. Uh, Stephen Crow, shout out to Stephen Crow. But this dude starts being like, he's not punk enough to be here. He's not punk enough to be here. Mm-hmm. And like, the, all of us, plus like a couple of other people that heard what was going on, kind of jumped this dude's ass. Like, yeah. you're drunk, dude. Like, <laughs> knock it off. Yeah. Um, so, very seldom, I and I'm sure it's the same way. I've never been to a country music concert. I've never 
you know, been to a whole lot of EDM concerts, but um, I'm they you can tell, especially in the EDM scene, how much they come together. Yeah, and I know when I go to Riot Fest, how all of us come together. Yeah, and um, it's a beautiful thing, man. Um, I think taking a lot of a lot of that at face value too is it's just like, well, this is just coming from somebody who. It had too much to drink or doesn't, you know, whatever. They're just short-minded. You know, you just like, yeah. it's like you were talking about, you can like whatever you want. So when I like music and I go online and, and see somebody explicitly say like, I don't like this kind of music. And you're like, I do. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care if you don't like it. You know, yeah. that didn't change my mind at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just, uh, <laughs> my buddy just got uh, uh, country. Uh, she's she's going to go see a uh, country music band. Um on her birthday, mm-hmm. her boyfriend bought her tickets. She sends me the message, and I just said, "I would never, mm-hmm. in a million years, take you to a country music concert. Mm-hmm. I'll take my girlfriend wherever she wants to go. She wants to go see a, <laughs> yeah, a yeah. music concert. I'll take Elizabeth Segura. Shout out to Elizabeth Segura. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably said her last name wrong. She'll bust my balls about that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll take I'll take her to wherever she wants to see. But uh, I'd tell this girl, I, was, I will not take you. <laughs> yeah. I would never." And I, I, I was pretty crude about it. Yep. I'm a lot. I'm a lot. I was a lot meaner than I want to be. Uh, than I want to share yeah. on this podcast. You're dropping f bombs. I'm not sure if no. what I told her is appropriate. No, but still though, it's like, yeah, you're not going with her though. You know, <laughs> yeah, so like exactly, it, so yeah. what you said doesn't matter at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, she quit responding to me <laughs> when she. But yeah, it just comes right back down to like, it doesn't matter if somebody else doesn't like the thing you're doing, you can still go like the thing you're doing. That's music, that's any hobby you have, that's pretty much anything in life, you know? You can kind of just go out and do just about anything as long as you have a justified reason for it. Yeah, um, it comes down to being autonomous and, and true to yourself. Yes. You know, you have to know yourself well enough to know that whoever that says whatever Mm-hmm. doesn't actually matter yeah um who cares if the whole world is mean to me about playing punk rock music because that's one of my values yeah. i play punk rock music with the punk rock band and um if people don't like it and they don't like the screaming and they they think that uh the fast beats are annoying and um well to hell with them yeah this is what i do mm-hmm. and there's a lot that comes with that um, anonymity. Yes. Um, I feel like, though, like, when you're younger, you feel like a lot of things define you. But when you grow up, you realize they don't define you. For example, like, nobody's going to judge me for playing in a punk band that yells a bunch of dumb stuff on stage because I work, like, in an office setting and everybody in my office knows that that's not actually, like, me as a person. They know that like I'm a professional person and everybody's interested in what I'm doing still. It's not like they're coming to see me live, which I don't blame them. It's not their favorite kind of music. You know, it all comes down to just like understanding everything and yeah. being, being understanding in all that aspects of, of life. But it just it's it comes from personal growth. That comes from just more experience. And I, f- I feel like uh <laughs> with a lot of the conversation we've had today it it, it it tied a lot of music and life together because I feel like they just walk hand in hand, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, there's a lot of weird parallels that go on that sometimes you will just sit back on a drive home from a show and just be like, huh, that's kind of neat that this thing happened. You know, it kind of reminds me of this other thing, you know? And it's the journey. Mm-hmm. I think, um, 
One of the biggest things about music to me is um, the uh, dissonance and resolution. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to look at it um, from a political standpoint, it's the anarchy to order. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to look at it um, from the life standpoint, it's the um, rough times to the good times. Yep. Um, it's the dissonance and the resolution. And I think that's why music is such such a good example of how life goes mm-hmm. because there um you know there's there's certain chords that create such a dissonance and the way that they resolve yes is is the order yeah it'd be um, like reading a book up until the thing that's supposed to happen and then just quitting like three chapters exactly yeah it doesn't make sense you have to have the ending it doesn't make sense without the ending yeah so um when you've when you're going through life and you're going through those rough times, um, it's just like you're you're listening to sappy songs all the time because for some reason when we're in sappy moods we listen to sad songs. Yeah. Because why don't we want to be sadder? Let's let's of course let's be really sad really instead sad. of just sad. <laughs> yep. Um, but there comes that time where um, finally, and you don't. It's, it's kind of weird. You don't. Um, almost you almost don't see it coming. Mm-hmm. You don't, it's not like you wake up one day and um, you're like, okay, tomorrow is finally the day um, where I'm going to feel better. <laughs> At least I've made it this far. Mm-hmm. It's like you get two weeks into it where you are feeling better. And then that thing that's, you know, like you got broken up with yep. or whatever. And that carries with you after a seven year relationship that carries with you for six months. And then two weeks after that six months, you're like, I haven't thought about her in two weeks. Yep. And you didn't plan that. Yeah. You just know that you've been depressed for so long and you've been listening to, to Hawthorne Heights <laughs> and, and Simple Plan yeah. for so long until, you're, until you just kind of bounce back and you realize that I'm back, you know? Um, nobody plans a bad time and nobody plans the resolution of that bad time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think when you're writing music or listening to music, you can kind of... There's a little bit of control there. Mm-hmm. You can you can plan, you know, how you're writing it, where you want the dissonance, where you want the resolution, and how do you want this song to be? Do you want it to be a, a reflection lyrically um, of a good time and melodically as a sad time? Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, you can yeah. kind of put that combination of things into there, and that's fun. Yeah, you could. It's dude. Uh, it's beyond this world. Yeah. I mean. The first time I ever really thought about any of that happening um, from a music standpoint was to think like the Allman Brothers play blues, but most of it's kind of in a major key. Yeah. For the most part. And it's like, I never, I didn't even think that was possible. Like, why isn't, why isn't it possible? You know? Like, yeah. Why, why not? Yep. You know, um, I remember I, I wrote a song uh, called Mankato. Um, it is a ska song. Um, I wrote it for uh, my, my, First girlfriend ever. Mm-hmm. Um, we dated for all of like 11 months or something mm-hmm. like that. Whatever. I was 19. Yep. Um, I think I think she still lives in the Humboldt area. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I, uh, I remember she broke up with me. And um, the song that I was writing was so happy. And then I brought it up to my Paul Bloomquist at the time I said let's uh let me let me dictate this and we'll play it for the last show 
of the year and we'll play it after everybody's done performing with the jazz band. Um, and he bought into it. My mom thought it was going to be this sad, depressing song because of what had happened. And it's kind of a fanfare. Uh-huh. Like, you know, it's kind of, it was more of the celebration of, of, you know, celebration of love, I yep. suppose, you know, it's like the least sappy song that I've, I've written. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of fun, and, and you, when you play it with a jazz band and it's kind of this party, um, it kind of blindsided my mom because she thought it was going to be like, oh, no, you broke my heart. <laughs> yeah. Because that's how we get, you know, like like we just said, you know, do you want it to, how do you want your music to reflect, you know, is it going to be a reflection of the good times that are going on in your life or is it going to be a reflection of those times that will end up passing, mm-hmm. you know? Bad times have not come to stay. Yeah. They've come to pass, man. But I mean, that's that's brilliant, though, because I mean, now that you're as you were saying all that, I was thinking to myself, but that is like literally how it all works in real life was like, if you date someone for a long time, and then you break up, you're just like, oh, this sucks. But it was so much fun hanging out with this person. And you go, you have both of the emotions at the same time. So why not just spit it out there musically? Yeah, it's brilliant. It really is. You know, Um, a lot of this conversation reminds me of one of my favorite Schopenhauer quotes, not to just get all Fraser Crane on everybody. But You're like, all good with me, man. But uh, life swings like a pendulum between sorrow and boredom. So that's like your uh, dissonance to resolution and dissonance to resolution. You know, yeah. when, you, when you're resolved, it's that stagnancy that we're talking about where you want to create some sort of a dissonance to you know, go back to a resolution, whether that's in your own life, a good example would be just to like better yourself. I'm going to yeah. put myself in outside of my comfort zone to learn a new thing. And now I have resolution because I learned this new thing, you know, and you go back yep. and forth and back and forth and you just keep doing that. Um, oh, I had a direction. I was going to, I was going to run with that. Cause, cause I really liked where you said, Oh, creating the dissonance. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that uncomfortability. You know, that's where the growth takes place. That's the exciting thing about life is where the growth takes place. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I uh, one of my favorite things to do right now, and this, and uh, uh, my girlfriend's name is Elizabeth. Uh, my, my favorite favorite things is, is to sit down on either lay down in bed or on the couch and to veg out and watch something mm-hmm. with each other and just enjoy each other. And and either the movie's really crappy or really good. We finished a movie last night and all we did was slam on it for the past, <laughs> for the last like five minutes. Yeah. Is like, I really enjoyed it. Um, I not, not like belittling it, it, it or anything, but it was just kind of a weird movie. Um, it didn't hit either one of our spots. It, it's, it's, yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's fun to go mystery science theater 3000 on something, you know? Yeah. And I love that. Just, um, just relaxing and things. I, cause I've never been very good at sitting still. Yeah. Um, so like I've always been kind of go, go, go. And, um, I've been taking a lot of time to just like slow down a little bit. I don't have a lot of that dissonance that's going on in my life right now. I just enjoy relaxing. And, um, uh, now, you know, since that's been going on a couple of months, I kind of feel like I'm getting stagnant again. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't have anything going on. So I, I need something that's going to bring me up out of that, um, not out of that slump, but um, I, I know exactly what you're saying. You you want to stay busy, but then you're so busy that you want to take a break. And when you take a break, you're like, I should be doing something. Yeah, it's exactly that. You yep. Know? I just started a new job. Um, I had a lot of accomplishments last year. Um, I finished recording this album. I ran my first half marathon and my first marathon. Cool. Um, Congrats. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, me and Trevino actually ran the same marathon. He he ran it last year as well. Uh, I can't remember what it's called now. But um, 
just uh, I, I switched careers. Um, I was the manager at Mineral City, kitchen manager for Mineral City um, last year. So just a lot of things that were different in my life. Um, and now when I look back on 2019, it's probably my biggest, like my biggest growing year that I've had Yep. Um, after being in, in kind of a dark place for a little bit of time. Um, and now that 2020 is here, I, I wish that I had been playing more shows and, and now, you know, I, I think back to 2019, we went to Denver, you know, like we started traveling out of state with the band and, yep. uh, now I'm kind of at this new place where I'm like, uh, so what's next? Yep. You know, so I start reaching out to, you know, you to, yeah. <laughs> to, to do podcasts. Well, and there's no reason not to. I, th- I always think that's kind of funny because remember when ni- 2019 ended, you get on social media and everyone's like, 2019 sucked. And I think it, like the only reason people think it sucked was because they had everybody was really uncomfortable and a lot of growth happened. That's like where I, I was like, yeah. Like if I, for some reason, I felt like my 2019 was awesome, even though I like finished school at one place, started a job, went started going to school at another place, you know, and started playing, you know, really ramping up the podcast. Everything was, I did a lot of stuff and it was really kind of, I was always busy. I was never in the same spot twice, you know, and it was, it was a lot of doing stuff, sitting down with people I'd never talked to about things I'd never thought I'd talk about anybody with you know it's it's kind of crazy like that growth that happens is it all like this is all coming right back full circle to everything we've been talking about this whole time but it's it's what it is man it's uh being uncomfortable making those growth things in your own life happen whether or not they're musically whether or not they're personally it's it's kind of nice to be able to actually make that shit happen yeah um and i think uh I'll, I'll speak for myself because I, I I don't want to speak for um for for the whole world on this. But my when I'm not doing something, it's my own fault. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, if, if my year sucks, it's because my year. You know. Yep. Um, it's because I chose to have uh, a shitty year. When I have a shitty day, I chose to have a shitty day. I chose to let you know whatever Peter said to me um affect me. Yep. You know, it's because I allowed what my boss said to affect me that way instead of taking the corrective measures, you know, like cuz generally um you know, uh, work's just going to be my example right now. But um work uh somebody's going to correct you if you're doing something wrong. Yeah. It's yeah. going to happen. Yes. And you can't get mad at them nope. because I just said it. I did something wrong. Yeah, exactly. The, the other day, somebody said, uh, hey, is this, uh, is this refrigerator sold? And I was like, yeah. And he pulls out his marker and he writes sold on it. It's my job to write sold on the receipt so that people know uh, makes it, yeah, to, okay. that they're sticking it on there. Yeah. And, you know, I can choose one of two things. I forgot to write sold on it. My bad. Not yep. a big mistake. Yep. Or I can get all huffy because he corrected me about it. Mm-hmm. What's he supposed to do? Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Boss, exactly. If somebody owns a company, yeah, they expect you to do the thing that the company is set out to do. That's that's yeah. right. Yeah, these are the things we're supposed to do as a company. You should probably go. Yeah, if, if, do if, them. if you're not living up to those expectations, or if somebody's a jerk to me, um, this is one thing that um, that uh, I was talking to. I was talking to somebody. I can't remember who I was talking to about. But that's not a reflection. If I'm a jerk to you, like if if I just totally twisted right now and started being a total asshole to you, yeah, um, that's not a reflection of you. 
Yeah, true. That's a reflection of me. Uh, yeah, and that's very true. How you choose to react to that will be the, the reflection. reflection of you. That makes sense. Um, and it's something that we all know. You know, I don't have to let that impact me to a point because it's not my problem. Exactly. That's, you know, well, if you were a jerk to me, that's not my problem that you were a jerk to me. I can choose to make it my problem. Yeah. You know, dude, a lot of this actually like rings true. And I never thought about it too much until I was doing a podcast with uh, Travis Atkinson. Um, and that's I, you can actually go back and listen to it if you're enjoying this one so far. That's another one that kind of took the same turn. He said, you know, if somebody does something and it affects you and you're you're being negative, if you externalize it, you're actually affecting other people. His example was imagine you're at the grocery store and you got a band T-shirt on and the guy in front of you or person in front of you, whoever, really likes that band, if you have an angry face on because somebody was mean to you at work and you're just internalizing it and you're like, life sucks, they're not going to say, nice shirt, buddy. Yeah. But if you're there standing and smiling because you didn't let any of that stuff affect you because it shouldn't have any bearing on your life, then he's probably going to be like, dude, I like your shirt. Yeah. You know, so it will actually affect you on the back side as well as the front side. Yeah. It's definitely a two-way street. Um I was going to run with that too, because, um, also a big thing is to, to stay in the now. And I think that's something that is, um, also a parallel for music. Um, whether you're writing, recording, whether you're, um, practicing, um, jamming, doing whatever with music, um, it's very easy to get sucked up into the moment Mm -hmm. into right now. Um, and that's where all of your problems anytime disappear. Um, I have to go back to the studio after we're done with this podcast and I can't believe how long we've been talking mm-hmm. right yeah, now. It's been, it's been like, a while. Like it's been a second. Yeah. yeah, dude. Um, but that's because I'm in the moment. Yeah. You know, I've thought about how I have to go back to the studio. Um, you know what I mean? And, um, it doesn't matter right now because I'm, I'm here right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not sucked up into what happened to work yesterday or the day before. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't affect me because I'm here and now. Exactly. And when you're here and now, the future and the past, they can't touch you. Exactly. Because the most important thing that we have is right now. And I'm not trying to get philosophical or anything, but that's how you make, um, not like medical depression or, or medical anxiety Mm -hmm. you know like i know that there's deficiencies and things like that yes um but like that's how you make a lot of that stuff disappears she was really mean to me um you know in the line at the store Uh she was super mean to me in the line in the store and and to hell with her and i can stay in that all day long yeah but like you know as soon as you walk away from it it should be just done it's gone yep and uh, it, it's a practice. It's dude, not. I'm not perfect at it. Dude. I'm not good at it. No, no. <laughs> I should say. <clears throat> no, I think that's something. Everybody, like I said earlier, everybody's <clears throat> got to learn these these lessons in life. And some people, some lessons are more inherent than others. And other people, it's it's not. You know, like people like me, it takes me till my 20s to figure out some of these things that, sh- for some reason, you think should be apparent your whole entire life. You know, it should have been obvious that this is the way everything should have been. But for some reason then it didn't matter, but you got to stay in the now, you know, and that's, you know, it's a very important thing to not dwell on your own personal yesterdays, you know, and if you are going to compete with anybody in any aspect, I always say compete with yourself yesterday. Yeah. Cause I mean, just, just get better than that person. And then you did your job and it doesn't matter what day you're at right now. You should always be better than yourself yesterday, whether or not you guys are listening to this on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, if you're re-listening to this in the future sometime, 
are you better than you were yesterday? And that's, that's all it comes down to, you know? And, uh, you know, some of that comes down to creating your own benchmarks, like recording an album. Yeah. Like you just you got this album, it's out there, it's for everybody to listen. Uh, you know, you were talking about going back to the studio to do some more stuff. So that's freaking sweet. You're, you're, you're out there making stuff and you're doing the stuff you need to do. And that's, that's really sweet. And I urge everybody to check it out. I'm going to throw a link down below t- for everybody to at least find the album. I'm, I'm assuming it's available on uh, iTunes and Amazon and all the other places. Yeah. You can go, it- bu- go check it out wherever you listen to music. Go ahead and buy it if you want to. It's, it's, it's well worth a listen. I, I urge everyone to check it out. Yeah, there's so many people that listen to this that are fans of the same styles of music that we grew up listening to. And I guarantee they would enjoy this. So it's, I, uh, I urge everybody to check this out. You know, uh, one of my favorite things about these podcasts is they help humanize everybody, you know, and make everybody realize we're all just the same kind of people. Cause once you sit down and have an hour plus long conversation with somebody, it's, you start to realize these people are just human, you know, and I just want to give everybody a little bit of an insight into that to, you know, I have a little bit of an issue with it myself sometimes where I'm like, this person won't want to talk to me cause they're too good at the guitar. You know, like yeah. that doesn't make sense, you know, and it, no, it doesn't. these are ways to help make people realize this is just a human being so you know it's i uh you were talking about how you you got to go to the studio so i don't want to keep you too much longer so we're like two hours in we're all good man like um i don't i'm not really positive what time it is it's 606 i'm sure people are yeah i i put my phone Um, down too it's kind of crazy but you know um, yeah and i'll check those in a minute because like i said this is this is important this is what i set out pardon me i need a cigarette um (laughs) that's what i this is what i set out to do today and um i just have a little bit more business uh we're not going to be working on anything but me and a couple of guys are are talking about some things in the direction that we want to move in the studio and cool how to go about it and um so it's not um you know super duper pressing yeah but uh, obviously, we, we we are we are getting on two hours. Yeah, this is getting close to being one of the longest episodes ever because I, I have gone over two hours once before, maybe twice. But and uh, and uh, yeah, you're you're welcome to edit this and uh, you know gonna trim up and I'm gonna leave it all in here, especially the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, one of the I don't know. I I we kind of touched on practice, and there was a point in my musicianship where I was taking I was waking up at eight and I was eating breakfast and then I would go sit at the drum set for hours and I would dabble on the piano this is when I realized the circle of fourths and fifths mm-hmm. and and I was working on one song uh, I was working on Mankato actually the the song the ska song mm-hmm. um but practice really does it's, it sounds like a fallacy mm-hmm. but practice is really um it's so important. I don't really pride myself on being like um, uh, an amazing drummer. I don't pride myself on being an amazing guitar player or an amazing bass player. Um, I really focused hard in these last years on being a good songwriter. Mm-hmm. So if somebody asked really like how I feel about music, um, you kind of asked like um, guitar or drummer first. Like mm-hmm. I guess I see myself more as a songwriter. Songwriter. So. Um, a writer, I guess, because yeah. there's there's poems you could find, you could track down and find on my Facebook page that uh, I'm gonna start posting on my Instagram and things like that. Um, cool. That uh, because writing is it's such a huge outlet. Yes, that's probably my biggest outlet is is writing. It doesn't have to be a poem. It doesn't have to be a song. 
just writing things down, you know, that's kind of the, um, I heard somebody say once, um, that writing things down is, is the key to the future. I could see that, you know, um, it, it, I mean, it, it establishes some sort of permanence for something too. Cause how many good ideas have you had that you were like, this would be a good song or whatever. And then you didn't write it down record it, practice it, do anything with it. And then all of a sudden the next day it's gone. And you're like, Oh, that lyric I thought of gone you know i just did it the other day it's like losing money it is i lost 50 bucks like at the beginning of the year Mm -hmm. just 50 bucks just vanished either i lost it or i forgot that i spent it Mm -hmm. one of the two either way i'm not really pleased because i don't remember what i spent it on yeah and forgetting a lyric when you've been drilling and drilling and drilling on the same like line oh god trying to come up with something to follow it and it's just gone yep Oh my god, I hate it so much. Yeah, it's the worst, man. It's the worst, dude. I mean, uh, it's there's nothing worse than like trying to remember something. Like whether or not he, my my biggest problem, I guess, is I will sit down and I'll be doing exactly that while I'm driving somewhere. I'm like humming something or like this would be a good premise for a song to go something like this, and then maybe these could be the words. The chords could go something like this, and then I never fabricate any of it any further when i get to my destination i forget about everything on the drive and i'm like i don't remember that that song i was humming on the way here that i thought of that you know that's it didn't create any permanence it wasn't in the future at all because i didn't write any of it down you know it's i see where i see where you're coming from yeah it's it's tough and the only thing that you can really do at that point when you lose something is try to convince yourself that you lost it for a reason yeah yeah that there's something better waiting underneath Um, okay yeah and that's a it's a hard thing to do um i do it with i lost that that 50 bucks or i think i lost that 50 bucks Mm -hmm. um somebody else needed more than i did yeah exactly that's all i can tell myself is apparently somebody else needed it more than me yep and there's hard things to convince yourself yeah man Um, yeah it's just the way it goes yep well, shoot, we got like two hours almost, so I hope everybody's enjoying this. Uh, this has been a great time sitting down talking with Jack. Uh, Jack Hansen's here. Got a new album, Jack Off, the record, Moment of Clarity. You can find it anywhere you listen to music, online. Do you got physical copies of this bad boy? I do. Um, they are going to be available at that show uh, at Rides Barn Grill. Sweet. Um, doors open at 630 um, please swing out, have a good time, have a couple drinks, and uh, party with all of us. Um, yep. I'll have physical copies, and my band Americature is going to be playing along with some other great acts. Um, the Ashberries and something Saturdays. Uh, yeah, Switchblade Saturdays, Switchblade. Pawn Shop Kids, Ashberries, uh, Jack Off. You're going to be there. Uh, Jack Hansen. It's going to be awesome. America, you're pulling double duty, playing in Americature too. There's going to be art there. Eight bucks, all ages. That's probably the coolest thing about this, all ages. You don't have to be, yep. you can be 19, you can get into this place. No one's going to give you guff for trying to get into a bar to yeah. see your favorite band play live. So everybody show up. It's it's a fun place. I've been there before. You guys, are, I'm sure, in the comp. That Great little, food. That little, uh, what, it's not a conference room, but it's like a reception yeah, area. Yeah, the reception area. Perfect. It's a great area for music. So everybody come check it out. There's uh, plenty of parking. It's easy. Yep. It's a nice, nice, fun place. So check out all this stuff. Go see Americature live. And this is going to be a good opportunity for everybody to go see Jack play his solo stuff live. So everybody check it out. Appreciate it. Uh, Anything else? You got anything else? Thank you all for listening. And uh, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Anytime, man. Boom. There's another one in the bank. 
I absolutely love getting to know people. Uh, I don't know what the deal is, but sometimes you just sit down and you're like, what makes this person tick? And then you find out all sorts of fun stuff about them, and then you realize this person's a cool person, and now you're better acquainted, and nobody's strangers anymore, and everything works out. And that's the way it happened. I want to say huge thanks to Jack Hansen for coming on the podcast. Uh, it's awesome. I'm glad we got to know each other. I'm, I'm, you know, he's one of the rare people that actually drove up to my little mini studio that I have to uh, record. It's nothing too, you know, awesome, but it's a, it's a nice little thing. It's kind of cool to have somebody, you know, come out and visit. And uh, to everybody that's come out and uh, visited with me at my little studio, you know, huge props, super cool. Uh, check his album out. Jack has got stuff all over online. I'm gonna drop a link to it down below. Uh, you know, I might drop uh, a link that you don't know. So make sure you check it out because it's gonna be available, you know, everywhere. So if you don't like iTunes or whatever, you, you can find it anywhere you want. So just check it out. There's tons of stuff out there uh, with him. He's also in Americature. Those guys are staying busy as ever. So check out Americature. Your opportunity to do that is going to be this weekend and it's going to be the uh, Saturday, March 7th at Rides. Get there. It's going to be a great time. $8, all ages. I mentioned it in the podcast. Uh, all ages. That's that's awesome. I love all ages shows. It's fun to let everybody get involved in the mix and not just be like, well, you have to be 21 and drink to be here. You know, No, it's all ages. Go there. Have a good time. Spend the 8 bucks. The bands are well worth it. Uh, it, you know, that comes down to like a dollar seventy a band or something. That's nothing. Just go spend the money, enjoy it. It's going to be a fun time. Jack, uh, huge thanks for joining me on the podcast. I enjoy your album, buddy. It's uh, it's tons of fun. I, I suggest everybody to go listen to it. And if you're uh, into that kind of stuff, check out Americature too, because they're going to be here this weekend in the Fort Dodge area at Ride. So check that one out. It's going to be a fun show. Uh, you just want to say huge thanks to everybody that listened. I want to say huge thanks to Couchtown Coffee for sponsoring the podcast again. Super huge thanks. Uh, everybody, you've been too kind to me. I, I missed last week, and everybody said, you know what, it's really cool. I actually missed this episode with him, so I got to listen to it, and I, you know, I didn't, I forgot about it when it came out, and I never, I just didn't. It, so it's really cool. That, that episode that I replayed last week with Gene Walker actually got as much traction as it did. Doesn't mean I'm going to, you know, make a habit out of playing replay episodes, but that's what happened. So I want to say huge thanks to everybody that tuned into that one. Maybe tuning in again this week. I want to say hello to all the new fans, and uh, thanks once again to all the people that constantly support this podcast week in and week out. If you like what we got going on, go to audiblefarm.com. You can find all the Audible Farm links to everything there. You can listen to the podcast there. You can find uh, the merch we have available there. Uh, we've got t-shirts and we've got zip-up hoodies. Very low quantities of both left. So if anybody wants some of those, hit me up. Uh, I might be making another order here soon. That's just a teaser. I don't know. I've been debating it for a while. So check that out. If you want a zip-up or a t-shirt, hit me up. I'll hook you up with one. Otherwise... Uh, Jack, appreciate you coming out and doing the podcast with me. Uh, I'm going to go see them guys this weekend. Uh, if, if, I, if I can help it, I'm going. It's Fort Dodge. It's not a long drive away, and I want to go see America cheer again. It's been a while. So I'm going to go early and make sure I catch Jack play some acoustic stuff, and I'm going to go check out some bands I haven't seen before. I can't wait. So uh, rides in Fort Dodge. That's where the party's at this weekend, everybody. So I uh, hope to see you guys there, and uh, thanks for listening. Peace.